Danny, Danny, don't look around, right? But I've got an exclusive offer from Beer 52 they want us to tell the listeners about. I think you know what to do. Oh, yes. James, Jack's trying to hustle for business with Beer 52. I think you should probably tell them to either stop or get out. No, no, James, sorry, that's a mistake. No, Danny, what I meant was we can tell them about our great new collaboration with Beer 52. That's an in, isn't it? To get some sign-ups. Because, you know, Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club, offering subscribers a case of eight craft beers a month with different themes from all over the world, including Belgium, California, Korea, New Zealand. So, pretty good offer, right? I thought you were worried that Beer 52 were taking up valuable time on the podcast and potentially costing us listeners. Why would that concern me? That's not my concern. We're running a podcast. The overheads are extortionate. Well, we've got an exclusive link listeners can go to at www.beer52.com forward slash word and blog so they can get their first case of eight beers for free and all they'd have to do is pay five ninety five for the postage, Danny. Don't give me that. There's 20 podcasts a day closing down this country and it's due to shameless ads like this. What, suddenly you're an expert, are you? I just don't know why it's your concern is what I'm... Leave it. So, so Danny, how's the podcast going? Brilliant. 10,000 regular listeners. Ricky Gervais has been on it. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they're really well. The reviews, though, very harsh. Very harsh. Don't read little reviews. You know, it's not your little, it's not your little kids writing on iTunes. Their little reviews don't care. No, oh yeah, because I think I've, I've got one here actually. Sorry, let me just get my phone out. Yeah. Been meaning to uh, to throw this one away. Throw it away then. And don't print out reviews. <laughs> show me. It's pretty damn sad, really. But there you go. <laughs> Wernham Blog, as I sat listening to this abysmal, lo-fi, badly recorded, inconsistent podcast, I half expected someone to shout out, I don't agree with that in the workplace, and for Danny Arnold to shout, mmm Betty, the cats just shout out the worst podcast of all time. I don't really, whatever, I don't really care what some snotty little Facebook office quote posting reviewer posts about me, you know, I'm more interested in changing the ratings. (laughs) It's not just about you, Danny. (laughs) All four of us. All four of us are shit. <laughs> Hello. Hello and welcome back to Series 2, Episode 2 of the Wernham Blog Extras Podcast. My name's James and with me, he's doing Chekhov on the Wyndham and he's just been nominated for an Olivier. It's Jack. Are you having a laugh? I don't know. <laughs> oh, so rusty. Go on, who's next? And there's 20 pubs a day closing in this country and it's because of people like that. It's Seth. We're just a couple of ships passing in the night, and who wants Danny from Wernham Blog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that subject, I swear, it will take ten minutes max, and you can get absolutely everything done in that time. It's Danny. Is he having a row? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, dear. <clears throat> oh, right, well, welcome back, guys. Can I just say it's a pleasure to be back. Uh, first episode, oh no, it's not, second episode of Series 2. Yeah, yeah, but back in the room for, I mean, the, the timeline's juggled around a bit, but this is the first recording we've done as a group yeah. for the episodes, we're not not including the uh, the 20th anniversary special at the office. Absolutely. In like a year and a half? Almost two years almost. So yeah, exactly. So you guys, we would have done a little bit of an intro in the beginning of the first episode of series two, but this is the first time we've sat together post-COVID, right? Yeah. So it's currently September, the end of September, 2021, just in case we take a really long time to, <laughs> yeah. to get this out again. Well, you never know. And um, Danny's got his own house now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. recording in here. Yeah, and it wasn't the house my parents bought me. And lo, the mortgage stopped coming within the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll threaten to sign on <laughs> if I do lose my job. So. 
but not only we back, not only we back for the first time, we're back for a great episode. So this is the David Bowie episode, mm, yeah. episode two, season two. Yeah. This is a real gear shift for me in terms of this, the show in general. This is probably, I think, the best example of a really tightly plotted episode. Really great at sort of distilling the essence of the whole show into what twenty five minutes. I think it distills. Yeah, I, think so, yeah. I think it distills the essence of. Um, Andy's kind of desperate search for credibility mm. and Bowie obviously being the pinnacle of credibility. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely, I was, yeah. thinking, I was thinking about this the other day actually, he's certainly, out of all of the guests they have on Extras, mm. I mean, even including, I mean, obviously we've got people like Orlando Bloom and Ross Kemp, who they, you know, they could have got, they would have done it for a hot meal. But, <laughs> we got Kemp, definitely. But, they have, <laughs> but they've got some, but they, Ben Stiller, um, yeah, yeah, well, McKellen, but I think Bowie, especially now since his death, you look yeah. back and think, fucking hell, how did they get him? He's, yeah, a, he's yeah, a transcendent yeah. artist, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's yeah. a step above even a big name. He's a step above even a really respected artist. He's in another stratosphere. Yeah, he's such so kind of like an ethereal, kind of like mysterious yeah, presence. It. Like you couldn't, I don't even know where they would have gone to find him. Do you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just for everybody, <laughs> the general public. But for someone <laughs> like Gervais and Merchant, who absolutely had such adoration for him, yeah, for yeah, them, yeah. what a get. Yeah. Yeah. I, had, I had a dream the other night where we had him on the podcast. <laughs> Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. I should have recorded think, it. Bowie's ghost. I don't think it ever would have happened, no. no. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow I reckon we would have been reaching just that little bit too far. Were we even making this? When, he, how, when did he die? Was it 2016? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, we, we weren't yeah, even, we, we missed yeah. the boat on that one. Yeah, we, we never know. Yeah, like we would have definitely got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. Though. Just missed out on on Bowie. <laughs> to be fair, it's, he's clearly not only uh, you know genius in his in his in his own right, but he's done so many comedy pieces as well. Did you ever see that? Um, he's, he's definitely got like an attitude and a sort of persona for comedy. Yeah. Do you remember that mm. that short? I can't remember what it was about, but he was in a, outside a club and he was trying to get into the club and he yeah. was talking to the bouncer and he was being a bit of a cockney lad. Yeah, it was the video for. Um... Uh, blue G, Jean Genie, Blue Jean, something like that. I'm not a ma- well, I, 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 I'm not a massive David Bowie. Have you guys, but, yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've seen I'll that. Play it I will share it on the on the on the, on the, uh, on the Yeah, if anyone hasn't watched it, go and check it out. It's called. It's I've got it written down. It's the video for dancing with jazzing for Blue Jean, right? And it's a, It's basically. It's kind of. It's a music video, but it's extended. Like it's one of those ones you know back when they did. Yeah, the old, yeah. A peak of music videos where they could make like a 15 minute film out of it, and essentially it's it's. Bowie as this kind of hapless loser character trying to get into a club and the main it's all kind of it's, it's all got a very kind of like Gervaisy kind yeah. of like awkward cringy um and right atmosphere so yeah. but the main bit is that there's a bit where he's trying to get into the club and he's trying to kind of like sweet talk the bouncer yeah. and he's not being let in and he's kind of got a very he's very Brentish now listen I was trying to ask Mr Brown Mr Smith I can never put the right name to the right kid Mr Something Something really ordinary Oh, no. It's gone. Got one of these. Oh, me pass. You should have said. I'm a bird. You want to see me? I haven't got it. I left it on the train. It's not my night, is it? Yeah, it's just he's got a good kind of feel for it. Do you know what I mean? You get the impression a lot of artists that you see, music artists that come along and start to appear on comedies, they kind of, it feels a little bit forced, a bit gratuitous. I like the fact that ba- uh, Bowie is, is clearly a fan mm. of the yeah. office. He really liked it, you can tell that. Yeah, and you can see from this Jazzing with Blue Jean video that like, him and Brent, I'm not saying that, sorry, not him and Brent, him and Gervais, <laughs> not saying that Gervais kind of copied that, but Maybe. they're obviously quite kind of sympathetic with, with their, yeah, with their kind of comic outlook on the world and their kind of mm. like their ideas of kind of like humanity and kind of how people interact with each other. Mm. And yeah. he does such a great job. I mean, we'll talk more about it when we get to sort of the end of the episode, but man, that, that whole 
song at the end is so iconic. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it lives on in like, it's always the go-to reference for Bowie that I see on, on Facebook and social media as far as like uh, iconic moments on screen. So we've I've that's... noticed something here. We've flitted back between calling him Bowie and Bowie. Yeah, okay. There seems to be a bit of a debate. I, I never called it, I never called it Bowie. failed completely to resolve this because Maggie calls, Maggie him, calls Bowie. him Bowie. Everyone else calls him Bowie. And, his, and in real him. life, his son was christened as Zowie. Which presumably would be to go with Zowie Bowie. But he wasn't going to call him Zowie, was he? Well, here's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be Zowie, is it? So it's Zowie. Well, I, the, what, the, what I heard was that he was named after. He, he chose a name. It's not his real name. It's David yeah. Jones. Yeah, he so he chose it after a Bowie knife. So yeah. it's Bowie. Right. Yeah, Bowie. Yeah, I mean, I, I always say Bowie. I, a friend of mine used to get very annoyed with me calling him Bowie. And say it's Bowie, he's named after it's Bowie, Bowie, yeah, it's definitely yeah, Bowie. Yeah, you can, you can yeah. tell your friend, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, why he wouldn't go with David Jones as well because he didn't want to be mixed up with David Jones from the Monkeys, well, yeah, at the sense. time. And it's just like that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a joke now, isn't it? Because the Monkeys are just a footnote, absolutely, well, yeah, 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 yeah. At the time, I suppose he was around, around yeah. And, and, and Bowie was still kind of like a 60s folky kind of. Yeah, doing almost the, the laughing note. Yeah, yeah, sort of mystic, almost sort of T Rex, Mark Boland style. He hadn't quite yeah. um, mm. found his his niche yet. He hadn't created um, Ziggy Stardust or anything like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, look, David Bowie. Bowie's obviously a big part of this episode, but the thematically and, and as far as the plot's concerned, the big part is about. Andy getting his first episode of When the Whistle Blows Out on Air. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So the first op- the episode opens with them watching it in the office, Darren Lamb and um, yeah. Andy, both watching the TV, and it sort of draws us into the TV, and we get to see that first scene, which is Mr. Yamaguchi, who's coming mm-hmm. to uh, invest in uh, <laughs> yeah. the company. I don't know what the company's called, but yeah. And that's essentially our first, our first look at uh, an episode of When the Whistle Blows. As yeah. it's presented yeah. on as TV, it's present- yeah. as people are watching it. <laughs> and yeah. personally, whether this makes me one of the unwashed six million that Andy doesn't like, I, I think it's like it. <laughs> I really love it. When the Whistle Blows. Yeah, yeah. yeah but if you thought, if you turned on the TV and you thought that it was real, would you yeah. like it? Did you ever big. watch Citizen Khan or like yeah, The Right no, Way? That no, kind of shit? I think I'd be okay to watch it for that three minutes, but over half an hour, I'd just get sick it's of it. A, it reminds me a lot of the, um, they did a, a, a sort of, updated version of uh what was it um open all hours oh it's oh much like that it's it dreadful. feels like we were able to watch it sort of vicariously though yeah do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. like we, we get to watch it knowing that it's shit and it's supposed to be shit and yeah. therefore there's knowing no... that it's okay for us to yeah, laugh exactly. at it we get to like it slightly ironically right <clears throat> yeah and, and... the program it reminds me of most is probably dinner ladies dinner yeah ladies. dinner yeah, ladies yeah, yeah. but the thing is there's all these that's all... very much like when the wizard was absolutely all these yeah. shit examples we can think of from like the early 2000s or 90s I like those like British Empire yeah, yeah, yeah. dinner ladies British Empire was gimme 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 right I used to watch those and like them I think this yeah. was like oh this is grown up comedy I'm getting to stay up and watch these grown up like the fibbly line exactly yeah so but I, yeah, don't, I don't. I don't think of dinner ladies as being some kind of ropey shit comedy, but it probably is. I'm never, I'm no, never ever going to go back and watch it. But I've got fond memories of it. But Andy obviously says, "Oh, you know, it's really bad. That's the career over. I ruined it." And then Darren goes in to sort of give him some explanations as to, you know, bad suggests that you know it's evil or something. You know, it's not. It's it's poor. It's rubbish. You know, it's 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 shit. It's a shit sitcom. It's a shit com. Well, oh, we've sorted that out. Thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> but then when he hears the the food viewing figures, that's where the sort of quandary <clears throat> lies, right? Because yes. suddenly Andy, you, can, yeah. you can see Andrew's split off into two, like six million people watched it so yeah. he's suddenly like am I credible or am I not credible yeah, which yeah. sets up and that obviously sets up not only the uh, the kind of the, the conundrum for the episode but yeah. for, the, for the whole series which is exactly. like what what would you rather have would you rather have you know the audience like massive audience figures audience kind of fame audience 
um, you know, money. And, yeah. yeah. Or would you rather have the, the critical respect? Because he doesn't. He doesn't. Have, he doesn't have the critical respect. He has big audience, like viewing figures. So like he's got to choose between one or the other, essentially. And he, yeah. and he can't have one, or he can't have yeah. both. Yeah, very and, few people I mean, he, have he, got both. He, he very few people, people have, have both. And he kind of makes his choice. Like clearly, it's it's obvious that he wants the. Well, I mean, this is kind of the, uh, the the tension of the episode. He kind of like he goes back and forth. Yeah, like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes he wants the uh, yeah. He tries to milk his kind of his newfound fame, but then really, what he wants is the is the critical he respect. He wants he wants he to respect wants to have his peers. It, he wants to have his cake and eat it, and he's yeah. unrealistic. Yeah. I always think Andy Milman would be so much happier if he just accepted what yeah. what he did have rather than. Well, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole problem is he spends his whole time this, this whole episode, the whole rest of the series, moaning. I mean, he says, oh, "I've lost credibility. I'm never going to mm. get it back." That's what he actually specifically said. But he, he, he hasn't lost anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 a couple yeah. of months ago, he yeah. was an extra, like kind of just wishing that he would have like one million viewers, like half a million viewers mm, watching yeah, yeah. something he had put on TV. But, but okay, so I've got a question about specifically about Werner Blog because now we've seen not Werner Blog. I haven't got a question about Werner Blog. I've got a question about when the whistle blows, right? Because we've right. seen we've now seen it on the TV. Yeah. Presumably, this is the first episode. We're yes, seeing a clip yeah, from the first this episode because be this is all yeah. new reviews. He didn't know what a critical. Um, this is the first time the public's seen it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the scene we saw of Keith Chegwin in the in last week's episode right, yeah. was also presumably from the first series, series right. first episode being filmed. So I wonder what I, I kind of try, I've always tried to picture in my head like what would this first episode of When the Whistle Blows be like? What, the, the, okay. the, the Keith Chegwin one. Yeah, so you've yeah. got you've got the whole bit of Keith Chegwin coming in. Um, and he's Alfie. just yeah, and he's Alfie. just he's just he's just buried his sister. Right, yeah. and, then, and then you've got Mr. Also Mr. Yamaguchi coming to visit. So we've got an investment investment investor coming to invest in the company and a new bloke. At the same but, time. I, but what my 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 take on it is that that whole thing that um, Keith Chegwin thing was was Andy Millman's vision, but they've kind of sucked yeah, it out of it, they pulled yeah. it out of it, and, and yeah, yeah. that never made the final... The what, whole, so the whole dark stuff, yeah, like that, the dark well, character, kind of gonna, Mike Lee kind of stuff? That, that, that's not going to kind of rub well with all covered in shit. And well, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> carry on innuendo. But also, like, trying to impress somebody who's investing in it is such a cliche thing. It's textbook sitcoms. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, pretty yeah. much every sitcom from you know 1990 up to 2000 had an episode like that, just like an episode where... They would have to run from table to table pretending to be two different people. Into yeah, different yeah, 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 and yeah. Like and, and, and the racial <laughs> stereotype. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Japanese as well, which is like yeah, you know, and Chinese Japanese the most age, yeah. you know, thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you see Andy getting really stressed and anxious in this scene, right? And obviously, he's, he's all starting to get to him. And then we have a real contrast because he calls up Maggie and she's just sitting there laughing at the phone book yeah. yeah do you know what I mean and she's getting so much enjoyment out of literally nothing and he's got what a lot of people would say is probably the biggest success in yeah. you know there's a handful of people get to do what he's just done yeah. he's not happy with it at all and she's just got a new phone book and she can't believe her luck you know it's, it's, it's a real well there's in, in in another episode I can't remember if it was series one or coming up in series two there's a bit where she's like counting her toes or something yeah. so her toes I think it's she... in this episode yeah she just says oh it's funny the way they waggle oh is that in yeah, this yeah. episode yeah yeah there you go so like yeah and she kind of just yeah like you were saying she kind of just gets enjoyment out of anything and, and Milman do we ever see him laugh at anything not really we don't ever no, seen even in the first series when he was moaning about how he wasn't famous now yeah, he's moaning yeah, yeah, about yeah. he's famous but the wrong way he be, doesn't he just doesn't find anything to, funny does it would be lovely to see him laughing just to laugh all the time I think he has cynical laugh with Maggie but he's just generally yeah he's just constantly wanting to be where he's not in series right? yeah. two the and he's never where he is he's never in the moment he's always just obsessing about how he's not got yeah well exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in series two the laughter stops you know, <laughs> to resume again in the Christmas special I thought you were doing this redemption yeah. <laughs> what's become of the, gla- of the clown yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we now got these two scenes where like we see the two sides of yeah like, exactly. Andy's conundrum it's like 
well, so we got the scene where he he's chatting to the woman. The woman's just moving into the flat, and he's, he's trying. And he's like, right, okay, I, I can, can use this. Yeah, yeah, I can use my fame yeah, yeah. now. So so he's happy to use his fame to try and get a shag. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. following that, we've also got the scene where with, with the homeless guy, where he doesn't. His fame has kind of come back to bite him. He doesn't want to mix with the wrong people. Like he he wants to use his fame to, to for. Well, as, as Maggie says, use, using your powers for evil. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing. He's, yeah. he's, 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 he wants he the want, credibility, but yeah. he, he wants his, to have his cake and eat it. it he, wants to be, he, wa- he wants to be recognised by the right people, not the wrong people. And the right people, in this but, case, being a hot neighbour, the wrong people being a homeless guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but exactly. that could also be the wrong people. That could be one of his six million people that don't matter as far as he's concerned, well, as yeah. long as he can get something out of it. It reminds me a bit of Brent. You know when Brent made that phone call? Did you see um, a documentary that went out on BBC Two called The Office? Yeah. God, you're not that awful boss, are you? No, not the... No. But it was like, he, he knows he came across badly, and yet he still sort of ventured out and tried to make that make himself recognised in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Very strange. He, he's in trying other, to use it, but then it backfired, yeah. and he, he backed in a, down. In other words, he's human. But thankfully, yeah. luckily, for him, <laughs> luckily for him, she hasn't seen it. Yeah, to be, so, I, mean, I think yeah. Danny's got a fair point there. To be fair, it, it is a kind of human conundrum, isn't it? You know, if you were in that position, if we were in, if Wernham Blog was in the position of either yeah. an Ivan Novello Award or six million listeners. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got an iPhone? Yeah. Listen, yeah. listen to podcasts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we were suddenly that, you know, would you use it in those ways? Of course he would. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried, Danny, to... to um, oh, you know, don't you kiss just and tell. <laughs> don't yeah, don't yeah. kiss and tell. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never kiss, you got nothing to tell. <laughs> you, are, you are currently the new uh, neighbour, aren't you, Danny? So. I am, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Danny's the new neighbour right now. Yeah. I've just moved into his new house, so maybe this scenario will present itself. Yeah. Now, it's a bit, this is a bit... There's a few things that are a bit odd about that scene to me. On. Like one is the fact that he's made all this money, but he's still living in that crappy little block. Of yeah, he hasn't made it yet. That's not kind it's of just how not it, been no, paid. I, yet. I, I thought that he was, I thought the whole point was it was his new London flat. Like it's. A, I thought that was. No, supposed it's to be... the same place he lives in. Series oh, is one. it? It looks like to me. Yeah, but he's, you, you see him sitting in it, and it's obviously just a room in a block of flats. Well, like, I reckon yeah, he's probably quite one. frugal as well, and also he would have got like. I mean, from my very very minor understanding of how the kind of TV finances work. He would have got like an advance. He would have yeah, got a he bit. obviously hasn't been paid. He would have yet, got a bit. Yeah. He wouldn't have got, and also, yeah, he wouldn't have got the full lot because they don't know if it's a hit or not yet. He would have got paid for his services as actor and, and mm. writer. Probably yeah. not very much as well because he's, he's only a first timer. Wait till the second series, maybe he'll get more. So like, he's probably not just going to, I mean, yeah, he could have splashed out on a brand new place, but he's being, he's a smart man, isn't he? He's, he spent 30 years not working at a bank. Yeah, working at a bank, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, he is, I, I get the impression he's a bit of a penny pincher. Well, yeah. Yeah, certainly well, from the homeless guy yeah. scene. He, well, he's so reluctant to give away that 20 quid, isn't he? Yeah, but you say that. He, he was happy to give 60 quid to sit next to Bowie, like. Well, well exactly. This is the thing. It's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's using, using his money for the for wrong reasons or the, or the yeah. right reasons. Like he's, he sees spending 60 quid being worth more to sit next to Bowie than 20 quid to give to a homeless guy. Yeah, 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 as far as he's concerned, 20 quid is three months of leaving me alone with the homeless yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is 2006 before hyperinflation. You know, <laughs> I know 20 quid would barely buy you a baguette now, but, you know, back then... <laughs> Back then it was quite a lot of money. I know this is a bit of a side note, probably relevant to <laughs> no the podcast, but is that scene when he's walking down past the homeless guy, is that filmed in Chesham? No. There was a scene that was filmed in Chesham. Surprised. No, it, it does look, I know what you're looking like. It, Chesham, it looks like it? that uh, Baines walk in Chesham. Yeah, it does. That's exactly what you're thinking of, but it's not that walk. Because oh, right. that, that funeral director's behind is not a Chesham yeah, yeah, funeral yeah, director. Well, Afterlife is all fit. Is it Hemel Hempstead? Hemel, Hemel, yeah. yeah. Amersham. Hemel and a bit in Berkhamstead. There's, there's, yeah, well, there's one scene that's literally minutes away from your old flat. Minutes away on the high street there. 
okay. Yeah, there's so, one I mean, obviously, yeah, where we live, it's kind of just on the outskirts of London. Off, there's, a, there's lots of studios yeah. around here, so lots of... You've got Boreham Woods. Yeah, you, you recognise... Yeah, I recognise loads of places from around here on that. But that scene with the homeless guy, whether or not it was, it was filmed in Cheshire, it's very kind of... It's very good for kind of getting Andy's character out, isn't mm. it? I mean, it gives you something to, to, to hang the rest of the episode on. It's so relatable, because you kind of end up, like, relating to Andy, and you just think... You know that feeling when you're walking past a homeless person and you feel like you should give money, but yeah. at the same time, like you, you know, what I mean, he doesn't want to look bad because he now he's famous. Yeah. But at the same time, if yeah, That's he doesn't want to be giving money to him all the time. And it's, it's Ricky Gervais, I think. Well, a lot of it's Ricky Gervais's own thoughts. I reckon so. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, what I was thinking, this yeah. is from XFM. This thing. Yeah. 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 This is this has literally yeah. happened. The, these yeah. Yeah. With the with the bags of office. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How do you watch my DVDs? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just need to tell you what DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many bits. We've talked about this before as well. That came. That feel like they were born in the XFM conversations. Yeah, 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 you yeah, had a thing with earlier with Maggie, count, like looking through the phone book. That's something Carl Pilkington yes, did, like, yeah, you know, counting yeah. how many Macs were in Scotland. He says in his stand up at one point, like, you know, you had to wait until you're 38 till you can walk into a pub and tell them to turn the volume down. And yeah, now yeah, you yeah. can't do it again because he's, they'll say, oh, Ricky DeVos came along when he was rude. <laughs> and now he's terrified that this homeless guy well, will yeah, like, yeah, yeah. spill to the papers that he didn't get any money. Well, on. I always think, because what I noticed watching. Mention the what, 20 in any aspects. Like, what I noticed watching this episode back. <laughs> Yeah. What I ne- what I noticed watching this episode back last was there's a kind of a through line of like money issues. He brings up money a lot. Like the, the money yeah. thing comes up with the homeless guy. The money thing comes up with Barry and uh, Barry and the agent and the artist. Yeah, the money true. thing obviously comes up when he's trying to bribe the um, bouncer. Yeah, 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 that's true. And when I think of Gervais Merchant and and kind of like money and kind of like um, worries about money, I always think about Merchant. I think this is a bit the of Merchant. Merchant was the fruit yeah, one. I think yeah, this is a bit of Merchant joke. coming yeah, through yeah, as well. Because yeah, because yeah. yeah, when from the XFM shows and like you know kind of f- finding out a bit more of their personalities, you get the impression that Gervais, he's very much, he's the he's Millman where he kind of cares about. Um, critical acclaim and the acclaim of his peers and like you know he we know that Gervais spent you know 40 years of his life kind of just being a producer at XFM before he got to the office like he didn't ever I, I get the impression that he didn't ever really care about money no he I, in the XFM shows he said money is just something you have in case you don't yeah, die yeah, tomorrow yeah. which case which, which case now he's got loads <laughs> Well, they didn't spend 40 years as a producer. He wasn't born like when you were okay, right, you know, like, you know, 40, 40 years before he hit the big time. Whereas Merchant, when he was like 25 when The Office came out, wasn't yeah. it? And he always is going on about, like, he makes yeah. a, a big joke in the next episodes about his. About his yeah, yeah, 20 quid. You know how much cheese I could buy? 20 quid. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think Millman is kind of a lot of. He's kind of like an amalgamation of both Gervais and Merchant. Yeah, yeah. Like, they've obviously so. put both of their personalities. Well, at least both of their influences in terms of comedy. Yeah, I don't know how similar they are in character, but they. they no, but that's what I'm saying. But they've got the, um, the worry about audience versus critical acclaim, which Gervais obviously has. We've got the worries about money comes out in this episode, yeah, which, no, is, what, can, which we, is what Merchant yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. So the, you can see the kind of, because obviously they wrote this extras together, you can see the kind of the influences from both. And, and also this is really important because this is, I mean, the Maggie makes a joke about it later, but it's a literal representation of the man on the street here. Isn't yeah. it? So this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is him interacting with somebody. And, and of course, no, everybody reads heat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this guy literally yeah. does read heat. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's able to tell you what kind of aftershave Vernon Cage yeah, yeah. Well, it's also interesting, yeah, obviously, this is the first episode where when the whistleblower has come out, and it's and it's um, interesting that the show takes a bit of a pause for this episode, for the first half of this episode at least, mm. to focus on what the public perception of the show is, what the public That's response really to the show is. Because in the next, in the upcoming four episodes, we don't really get that. We get we get Millman on set, we get Millman, yeah. you know, hanging out with his celebrity friends, with Jonathan Ross. We get Millman trying to do the play, but we don't, this is the only chance they really, the show really gives us to understand what 
the public perception of um, and he when had, the whistle he blows is. with the public loads in this episode. Yeah, well, right. that, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, because the, the woman he's moving in, you've got the man that he meets here, the homeless guy. The guys in the pub. The guys in the pub. Yeah. The guys in the Castro's club. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So then, for the rest of the series, they can just focus on like, right, okay, now we've got a funny bit where he does a play with Ian McKellen. Here we've got yeah. a funny bit where he's on set with Daniel Radcliffe, and they mm. don't really have to worry so much about. They kind of because they take care. Yeah, they kind of covered it in this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Building up obviously to kind of kind of the the ultimate member of the public. Gervais and slash Millman would want to impress with yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. David Bowie yeah. Oh, obviously, and the exception is obviously the woman in the um, cafe with the son oh yeah, yeah. oh I love that one yeah, that, that, that's that, not so much that's um, it, that, but yeah that's not that, decided to have him <laughs> that's, that's not so much dealing we'll get onto this next episode but that's not so much dealing with the public perception of the yeah, show in yeah. itself that's more dealing with other things that we'll talk I think, about I think, I think they just set this in this episode they set up the whole idea of the quest for credibility yeah, and then yeah, after yeah, that yeah. The, the rest of the series is about that really yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The, current, the, the thread that runs through the whole thing is, yeah. is this, this dilemma yeah, when you spend like six months intricately analysing it, like we have, like you kind of you notice these little things. Yeah. Like it seems so kind of when you when when you just watch it, it seems so breezy and like kind of simply done and like you know like it almost could have done a stream of consciousness from Gervais and Merchant. But you see the kind of how tightly it's plotted. Yeah, like, it's not having really planned though, out. Like it? right, okay, in the first episode we've got to show his problems making the show. So then in the second episode we can show how the public perceived it. So then in the third episode. We can have him how you know how he handles fame and how he handles infamy and yeah, notoriety yeah. and you know what I mean like it's it's all just being push pieces being put together yeah it's pieces being put together to to create the character yeah, or, yeah and for for us to kind of like question his this kind of overall theme which is you know yeah about fame and kind of like how. Maybe it's just breathing self steam consciousness and you just you bloody get on with it ignorant. Ultimately, it comes down to how do you measure success, right? Yeah. And everybody does it differently. So the problem is, I think, with Eddie, he doesn't really have his own measure of success. And if he did, he'd be more comfortable with it. But because he, he feels like he's compelled to measure success in a certain way, he he's, he's perpetually tortured by it. Yeah. And he's, it, a, he's a depressive as well. Like, nothing's ever going to be good enough. Yeah, exactly. That, that's it, my sense of if, him. If he had the Ivor Novello Award or whatever it was, if he had the, or the Olivier Award, mm. he'd probably be looking going, well, but why don't I have more people? Why don't, why don't I have, I have a TV more show? money? Why don't I have a... Yeah. Why aren't people in the street coming up to and me? Yeah, if, he was, if he was in Greg's position and yeah, and he had the Olivier nomination, like you said, he'd be saying, why don't I have a... Why, where's my TV and show? Greg had the TV yeah, show. Yeah, he'd be going, oh, why has he got the... There's a really good moment when he's talking with Maggie, having a bit heart to heart and he's kind of pouring his heart out a little bit saying you know he's in, I think he's in our flat or she's in his flat and she's just sort of sitting on the sofa kind of bored of his bullshit basically because he's going through this whole poor me business why haven't I got this why haven't I got that yeah it's yeah. never you know, gonna depressed work, film yeah. star drinks himself to death yeah and she just yeah, like, yeah. knocks him down about three yeah, pegs yeah, yeah. and she says you know oh to be daft you're not a star and being fat will kill you before the drink does <laughs> yeah, and it's quite when it was first on BBC Two, that was in the trailer. That bit. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They trailed it with that. <laughs> I can't remember. That's really yeah, funny. Yeah. She, she's great in this. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. such a, a brilliant counterweight to him because he would be so. He's frustrating enough anyway as a character. It's very hard to sympathise. He is, but yeah. the, the fact that she's there as a sort of she's a foil. crime, it yeah. really is a, a, a really good counterweight because otherwise he would just be unbearable. Yeah, because well, you've, is... you've got the the tortured overthinking, and then you've got yeah. someone who just doesn't think at all, which yeah. just completely offsets. It's the foil, isn't it? Yeah, it's the classic. Yeah, just complete contrast. Well, I do always wonder, yeah, I mean, it is much harder, but, but the issue that Extras has always had 
is that Milman is such he's a much harder character to sympathise with much harder than Brent I mean Brent obviously has the oh yeah this notoriety of being oh the boss from hell but everyone can kind of can can sympathise with and, Brent and who would you rather hang just, out with he's just a normal <laughs> he's just a normal guy who just wants to be liked whereas yeah. Milman is he's he's got everything going for him and especially in series yeah. two he's got he's got this kind of you know, he's got the fame, he's got the money, but it's still just not enough, and it's very hard to sympathise. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I yeah. personally don't find it hard to sympathise with because I mean, I, I know that if I was in his, if I was in his situation, I would, I would be having the same problem he has. I would want the, the critic. Exactly. I mean, but imagine, to me, it's not really a question. Imagine if Brent had what Milman had. He'd be, he'd be so happy, money. wouldn't yeah, 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 he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking yeah. around in his little uh, delusional bubble, and yeah. he'd be so happy. Much be enough for him. He'd have two fingers up to the critics. Yeah. Reading the papers, he'd be told that six million people watched it. Yeah, yeah. He'd be thinking that's a landslide. Or he'd bring the papers in. He'd bring the papers in, and he'll give them the dictate to them what to put in the reviews. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'd much rather spend some time with with David Brent than Andy Milman because yeah, Milman would just drag you down and depress you. Because... Well, this is what I mean, and he never he, he never. But jo- jokes never has a laugh. But the like, thing yeah. is, he never succeeds either. That's the other thing, yeah. you know. So as difficult as he is to like, you do get a lot of payback in terms of seeing him fail. Which you know, you know, it might be a bit odd to say you could enjoy that. But this bit where he tries to make another crack at this this girl moving into the, the apartment, right? And it's again, it's a cliche thing in so many of these comedies. But he gets Maggie to try and ask him for the autograph. A million times out of a million, that's going to go wrong. Do you know what I mean? So she goes over, you know, completely fucks it up. That's what yeah, I told she, me. Yeah, so that's the thing. Maggie is just so Why would you rely famous. on Maggie, my yeah. God? But, yeah, <laughs> I know, it's a funny scene there. But what, what I think Milman does is he fails in his success. He gets success and he fails at actually just mm. appreciating enjoying and enjoying it. it. Yeah. He fails at being successful. Yeah, but even with this girl. But, you know, perfectly logical plan there. It was going well. He chose the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, but, and he comes away with it. Yeah, and yeah. also... And it's classic, well, classic Milman, as much as there can be classic Milman. He doesn't need to do that. From no, their exactly. first interaction, he, he got really went well. fine. He was making yeah, jokes, yeah. she was laughing, she was obviously, she was going, oh, like, I need a big strong man. She was obviously receptive to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, knowing, not knowing he'd been on a TV show. Yeah. And then he just, he feels like, oh, well, but I have to fall back on the TV show. Oh, so you were Brent. This is another thing. <laughs> See, this is another thing that um, sort of bothered I said earlier, there were two things that bothered me about that scene. Obviously, one of them being that he's still in the flat, but the other thing, do we think Ricky Gervais was being a little bit unrealistic there? Go on. Like punching above his weight. Punching above his weight. Like the, and the girl believing he's under 40. And obviously even, even the character's like, whoa. <laughs> no, because the point let, though, let's, she's flirting with him by saying that. That's but what let, she's, she's, let's, let's not forget though, she doesn't know he's a TV star. To her, to him, to her, she's just a middle-aged, he's just a middle-aged man. Yeah, so if, saying, if she'd seen a bunch of other middle-aged people, no, then why would he be Are, you, are exactly. you saying that the woman they cast was unrealistically attractive? I, I think Ricky's, yeah, flattened himself a little You're bit. You're aware he, he was a love interest for Jennifer Garner in the... Yeah. And also, she's not that different. Uh, yeah, I mean, did you, she's fine. Did you find in the Kate Winslet episode? Did you find that love? No, no, that was fine. But, but they're not that dissimilar. I guess they're not. <laughs> she's she's blur. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I just, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think, okay, maybe a push you could get away with the others, but yeah, he's is he getting away with being under forty. I don't he's, think the thing so. is, he's getting away with it because she's saying you looked under forty, which is essentially flirting, right? Yeah. She's basically saying, oh, you, you know, you're a young, strong man. Yeah. I think what Danny's wanting is why she would be flirting with if she's just been complaining about how yeah, a bunch of middle-aged people but she people... might fancy him but I think it's weird to see him yeah, flirting in the round in general I just yeah it just it, it, it doesn't quite 
Joe Ryan, my head. No, 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 but Millman is, he's different. People always say, oh, Gervais just plays the same person. Millman yeah. and Brent, they're the same person. Millman is different so to different. Brent. Yeah, I mean, as, like I, I mentioned I mean, the Kate Winslet one, in that he spends the whole episode flirting. Like, he's kind of very light-hearted, but he's quite charming there. You can see how he... He didn't lose his virginity until he's 28, and he looked like Robin Corbin. <laughs> yeah, but now... Robin fucking Corbin. <laughs> the whole point is with, the whole point with Millman's occasional light-heartedness is you occasionally get to see what he could be like as a person if yeah. he just let go of all the well, bullshit exactly, and the yeah. ego yeah, just yeah, for yeah. a moment he might be able to enjoy himself it's and funny. he'd actually be alright it's funny that he gets accused actually now that you mention it Gervais of only having one character because these two are poles apart they are yeah. if so you think different. about it Brent is deluded and sort of uh, unaware whereas Andy Milner is kind of hyper aware to the point of depression they're like two, two yeah I've heard it said before though like that Johnny Depp joke you know yeah. more than two, you know, 98 more characters than he's ever done but I kind of, I'd never really thought that he wrote that actually thought how different they are. One of the obvious yeah. special features they took, they kind of merchant and Gervais take the piss out of that he's only got. He basically, made, he, he whittles down all of his characters to one little <laughs> yeah. uh, movement, is it? Brilliant. That's, uh, so that's, um, that's three characters you've done. Mm. You've done David Brent, we all love that. <laughs> you've done uh, Andy Millman. <laughs> and you've done uh, Dirty Old Queer. <laughs> That's extraordinary. You are. It's like being in a room with Peter Sellers. <laughs> I do think Milman, he becomes like a bit of a mouthpiece for some of Ricky Gervais's own thought. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, like, if you watch his stand up and stuff, and then watch what Milman thinks, yeah. it's quite obvious the link there. Yeah, he's able to put his own thought, his own kind of pretty much verbatim from the XFM shows into Milman's mouth better than he would have been able to with Brent, because Brent is yeah. Yeah. Brent. Uh, Brent's a complete sad sack. Whereas we know that Gervais isn't like. Gervais spent Millman's no 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 but Gervais in real life he spent obviously he spent 25 years 30 years charming people from when he was he made his way up from you know mm. working at the SU at the uh, at London University to XFM shows he managed to talk his way into getting his own sitcom at the BBC having having, yeah. having nothing like that you've told me yeah, so he no but he obviously <laughs> is a, a funny charming gregarious guy which he's able to kind of put into Millman which he never was able to put into Brent and the way that you can drop all of these creative turns into the sitcom Elvis extras is because the office was set in the realist it was very real right it was supposed yeah. to be all about realism so anything that was too off the wall or obscure like people like we talked about darren lamb has no place in the office no but way yeah all the iconic pieces that come from extras that, yeah that are a bit, a bit crazy. they just don't fit yeah, 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 i think yeah. i think they, they had carte blanche because they'd done the office to, to yeah. kind of go a little bit more broad, broad yeah. with yeah. extras which is funny because they crit they critique broad humor yeah, that's the brilliant it, but extras it. is more broad but it's broad is funny in a sense it's never, it's never to but say that it's not funny because it's alongside the whistle well, blows it's kind of it's narrower by contrast i mean literally a slap bang in the middle of the spectrum isn't it you've got the office on one end like hyper well, not hyper realistic but kind of the very kind of like realistic yeah. drama, not drama comedy then you've got when the whistle blows which is like ultimate broad and then in the middle yeah you've got extras which kind of is just teetering on the edge of broadness yeah we've got mm. these kind of ludicrous comedy characters like yeah like you said Darren Lamb and pastiches of, of real people yeah. you know they can be quite ludicrous so yeah like, like, like Ross Kemp you know that's a complete you know that's that's broad humour isn't it even Damo the writer yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. He turned up in the office. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel, or just for situations he finds himself in, in yeah. the dialogue of how he tries to talk his way out of it. You, if you put that in the office, 
I mean, we we can say, oh, it's kind of like a, it's it's funny, it's cringy because it's re- because it's relatable when you see it in extras. If you put those scenes in in the office, it would have been too too broad. You yeah, you wouldn't it would have killed it. It would have killed, killed this because it it, yeah. it wouldn't it would take you out of the world. It would take you out of. That's the brilliant thing about the office. It was obviously so such minutiae yeah. terms that would make the episode a mm. building. Whereas you cover so much more ground in these episodes. You think of the office, it's mostly just a day in the office with various things yeah. happening. Whereas with this, it's sort of we're charting a man's career from nothing to everything. And a lot and can happen in one episode. And it's, yeah, it's, I found it slightly jarring when I first watched Extras mm. to see Gervais. Firstly, I couldn't get my head around him not being Brent. Yeah. And then, secondly, I couldn't get my head around him being in uh, Mandy Moore being in so many different scenarios. It yeah, took me yeah, a while yeah. to get used to the kind of, yeah. the, the sort of opening up of a, of a world and the different kind of locations yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember it took me a while to get used to used to extras. So I think I've, I've grown, grown, probably series two, but got me. Me too. And I think I've genuinely have grown to, to, um, to love extras far more over the years than I did when I first watched it. Yeah, I, put it, I thought you were going to say far more than The Office. <laughs> no, 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 far more over the years. Because I've been, you did originally. Yeah, because yeah. I put it next to The Office and yeah. it, came, it, was, it came nowhere near in my head at the time. But the more I watch it, the more I realise it is... It does. It does. It does exist alongside it. It's never going to quite be as as good, but it does exist alongside it. Yeah, it's a clever absolutely. comedy, and it's. And if you took the out of office out of the equation, it's pretty it's much brilliant on its own. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it, in, you know, the office we've talked about many times is, is peerless, really. Hundred percent. So, so it's, un, it's unfair, really, to put it against it. It's yeah, almost yeah, like, yeah, we're still going to talk about it. <laughs> <in the> next <laughs> five it's minutes. almost like the way Bowie kind of transcends. The music and you know the office kind of yeah, transcends yeah, comedy. Yeah. It's that level above that not many things get to. Yeah, there's no point in compare. If something new comes up, there's no point in comparing it. <laughs> yeah, so if yeah, you're listening exactly. to this and you agree with us and you want to listen to some podcasts about the office, consult the back. Catalog, <laughs> <laughs> just turn off now. Might as well. <laughs> you're still living under the fantasy that like anyone is listening to the extras that didn't already listen to the office. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I really want to listen to the extras. Oh yeah, I podcast. can really see that person. Oh, I think I listened to the extras yeah. one. I didn't really like they the might office. Do, they so. like when you say that the extras got higher viewing figures I think especially in America yeah. the, the extra, extras is known better than the UK version of the office is but it did really land in the UK office it was on Curve um, Enthusiasm wasn't it yeah people got the DVD you brought the DVD didn't yeah. yeah that was so that was typical Wicked Gervais that cameo <laughs> that was a great cameo to me yeah <laughs> Larry beats the guy with the breadstick in the yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, I, I yeah. love broad comedy. We were just talking about these kind of broad characters that wouldn't fit in, and then we got a perfect one in this episode, which is the, the super fan that comes oh. in in the, in the pub. <laughs> Imagine him being in the office. Like, Played by but David Earl. David Earl, yeah. yeah. Who pop, is? He pops up in uh, Cemetery Junction. Cemetery Junction. Derek. He's obviously in Derek, and he's absolutely hilarious. Life's too short, he's in, isn't he? He's probably in Life's too short. I think he's been in, I think he pretty much kind of, Gervais just kind of brings him along all the time now. And I think, to be honest, you got you can have you can have your um you know your your Lucy Davies you can have your Mackenzie Crooks you can have your Martin Freemans, but I think David Earl is actually Gervais probably Gervais's best diamond in the rough best he's his best find yeah I mean Gervais Merchant have found all these kind of people that have gone on to success but I think David Earl he deserves so much more I can't believe he hasn't got his own show because he's brilliant in this he's brilliant he's hilarious and he's the funniest thing in Cemetery Junction easily the funniest he's, thing in Derek he's the only funny thing in Derek no enough <laughs> at all and but is... he actually makes the, the Derek. Um, Outtakes. Even I'm not a fan of Derek, but he make the Derek outtakes. I quite often watch them on YouTube because yeah, yeah. they still make me laugh. Like they're still as funny as any of the Office or Extras yeah. outtakes. And he you is absolutely Derek. hilarious in them. Gas on tap, 24/7. Gas on tap. The answer's simple. I can't. I've got a stumpy knob. That's so big. <laughs> I have no shaft to speak of. No grippage. No. <laughs>
Yeah, he is great. That, the bit with, in this though, he's got his girlfriend there with him, and he's sort of with the way his eyes just sort of sharpen up as soon as he sees. Oh my god! <laughs> I love your shirt. Oh good. The wig, the glasses, the catchphrase, brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> Everything about it. Oh, the wig, the glasses, the catchphrase, brilliant. That's becoming quite a catchphrase itself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you do the catchphrase? I'd rather not. Do uh, the catchphrase. No, I'm just it's just do the <laughs> Just do the catchphrase. Okay. okay. And then literally <laughs> Andy Millman is coming face to face with the 6.2 million. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great unwashed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, his, to him, that's exactly what they all look yeah, like. Because yeah. they don't look like the girl that was moving into there. Like, <laughs> they look like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he's literally mean? the thick demographic that he's afraid of, isn't he? <laughs> and just the sort of the weird demographic. He's so perfectly weird, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it? What street? So <laughs> the intensity <laughs> in his eyes. So Andy sort of gets wind of this guy, scuttles off to back to his desk. I'm not having this. And he goes and sits down, and obviously Darren Lamb is there and Barry. And they <laughs> yeah. found a good review, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. And they go to read him this review. It turns out to be a review from Wind of the Willows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got it mixed up. You can see why I got it mixed up. Like the same throat. Yeah, he's basically, he's basically recycling the Mr. Toad gag here. Mr. Toad? I can't. <laughs> Having said that, though, whenever... whenever uh, Whenever Darren Lamb and Barry are on see are on screen in extras, they're always the scenes that make me laugh oh, the most. They're yeah. so good. There's so such good. a good chemistry between those two as com yeah, yeah. comedic actor. It's brilliant. It's so and funny. And it's exemplified perfectly in this scene because when the super fan comes over, yeah. he goes, "I recognise you." Yes, possibly. You did my mum's guttering, didn't you? Maybe. Yeah. But where does she live? <laughs> <laughs> but this, I was going to say, this scene actually introduces a new kind of dynamic to their relationship because beforehand, yes. in in series one and the first episode of series two, it's all Darren Lamb will do anything to get Barry the part, and he, they, they just kind of they kind of they both kind of like build each other up, and they kind of the the uh, Darren Lamb kind of like. Is kind of always on Barry's side, isn't he? Whereas in this, there's suddenly a bit of tension. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's frustration there, isn't yeah, it? And Barry yeah, bites yeah. back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a couple yeah, of yeah. Times in this episode. But then, but then Darren yeah. Land shoots him down like a naughty, well, exactly. naughty yeah. kid, and he's sulking like a teenager. <laughs> Which now, when I think about the Darren, the, the Darren Lamb and Barry uh, relationship, I do think of this scene. But actually, it's the first time we had anything like that. In the, yeah, in the true. I think this is like they've, they've obviously had Barry in season one, and they thought, wow, this is testing really well clearly with audiences yeah, yeah they let's love give, this guy more give us more Barry give us more Darren yeah and this episode's a perfect example of that because we've got this scene but then we've also got them going on to pull on those girls yeah yeah, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> brilliant scene. so there's a great scene in in, in um, Castro's I think is Darren Lamb and Barry on the pool yes <laughs> I mean that is just comic gold isn't it and it's literally just a scene to be there to be funny like, it, it, does, it doesn't link yeah. in with Bowie yeah. it doesn't link in with the themes of the yeah, episode yeah. it's just literally a funny bit it could be dropped in any episode in a whole yeah, like, yeah, 8 yeah, yeah, 12 yeah. episode run and that's what I like sometimes in extras as we've discussed it doesn't have to have the hyper realism of The Office you can just Darren Lamb and Barry essentially are just there to be funny yeah, yeah. really and they are really really funny and of course, you know, they go over on the pool. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so sort of matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. He, he lays out three scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> scenario A, scenario B, and scenario C. You're out and about, you know, no guys with you. You meet a couple of players like us, ships in the night. Let's get down to business. Who wants Barry off EastEnders? Um, neither of us. All right, Barry, you're out in the cold. Makes a story of me life. You know, a gal was repossessed last Let's week. Let's not bring the mood down. You're ruining it again. I'm still in the frame. Who wants Barry to walk him home while the other one comes home with me? Neither of us. Okay. 
Final scenario, listen to this, right? Neither of you are interested in Barry, so obviously I choose the fit one, no disrespect to you. Uh, we all go back to mine, uh, Barry keeps you talking whilst you and I get down to it. It will take, I swear to God, ten minutes max, I can get everything done in that time. Then you get a cab fare home, anywhere you want to go, uh, up to, say, a maximum value of £15. Or, or you could walk home, pocket the cash, you've made a sweet, sweet profit. So it's up to you. No. No? All right, Barry, forget it, mate. Always know when to cut your losses, let's go. Yeah, he basically <laughs> offers a prostitution as one of the options. And I love the way that that lady kind of... to the value of £15. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that lady looks at Barry and kind of, oh yeah, You're right. how's yeah. it going? And her response is, oh, she just, no, no. <laughs> and it's actually, I didn't realise this when I first watched it, but I was only watching it back this time. It's her off Stafflet's Flats. Have you guys seen Stafflet's Flats? No. No? She's also in that Lee Mack comedy, that woman. Um, not, going uh, oh, yeah. not going out. She's in Not Going what, Out. As, as well as, uh, what's her face from, I love dancing. She's in mm-hmm. Not Going Out. No, the girl in Not Going Out is... Um, Ricky? You've got a problem with Reggie? What's her name? Donna. Oh, yeah, of course they do. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So you're Donna. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they've got Donna and... Uh... Yeah, the not going out woman is... is She's one of the main characters. She's like the dozy friend. She's almost like the Maggie in the scenario. Oh, okay, yeah. But the main girl in not going out is Donna from the office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then they've also got her in Which it. one? The fit one or the other one? No offence. Neither of them. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought you said that. You're splitting hairs there. <laughs> Yeah, I think her name's Katie Wicks and she's been in Stafflet's you okay. got You've got to watch I Stafflet's Flats. I've seen one episode. Please watch Stafflet's Flats, it's hilarious. Really? Okay. But Stafflet's Flats, she's in Ghosts, yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, like, her responses to this is funny. But, and I can't believe it. It's, it's seeing scenes like this that you kind of think, like, how did... It's, it's, it's so strange that Merchant's um, comic timing and his comic abilities were only discovered by doing extras. Like... You can imagine if he'd done more in like the office because he's so funny. I can't he's believe easily the funniest I can't thing believe he it. he's only like yeah he no he no he's not done much comedy but I can't believe that he it, only, it took him until extras to do it's, comic acting. You can tell how instinctual it is as well. Yeah, like yeah, when, yeah. when like Barry's bringing him down, the timing of sort of interrupting Barry. No, don't bring him down, Barry. A couple of sorts like this, and he, he's so kind of like such a good sort of um, parries to, to Barry's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Parry depression. Parry's Parry to Barry. <laughs> Barry. And, and, and it was for series two. I think he was nominated for a BAFTA. He was, he think he won Best the, comedy performance. For comedy performance. I think he won the, the uh, British Comedy Award for Best really? Comedy He award. ended up yeah, winning yeah. the BAFTA for extras and Gervais didn't really get anything directly for extras. Series two, I think it was. Or was it that Gervais won but wasn't there and Merchant had to accept? Oh, no, it didn't, no, I think it was Merchant but won Merchant the BAFTA, got the award for Best Comedy Performance or yeah. something like that because... When you watch that performance, I forget. I always forget, like you say. I always forget that he's not a well-established comic actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he's he's so he's so um, he's so brilliantly visual with his comedy. He embodies that character. Yeah. With his height, with his eyes, with everything, with his body. <laughs> oh, movement. don't have a go at the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't have a go at the eyes because that is a stigmatism okay. that I've had from the age of five. So that's what makes them a bit bulbous. No, but just with the way he acts with his eyes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He actually acts with them. Yeah, and, and, and a lot, and 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 it's. It's really, really funny. Yeah, I mean, it not, wouldn't be the same show without him. He no, not at all. Not yeah. the funniest thing about it. Him yeah. and Barry. I mean, if it was just yeah, if, if, if there was no Maggie, if there was no agent, if it was just Milman, like mm. it'd be pretty unsufferable, really. Yeah, yeah, like we said, he's not they're, a they're character. They're a comic, really. If there wasn't, if it wasn't for the agent, especially in series two, the agent does a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> the way that they're, they're they're on the pool, and, and instead of going over straight away, do you remember Barry's reaction to them? Not yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's drinking this like little cocktail, like, yeah. like two tone in a shell yeah. suit. Yeah. <laughs> that whole scenario. Well, he's supposed to have no money, right? As well. Yeah. <laughs> he's there drinking like a cocktail. You think you just have a beer or something, mm. but no. I'm in a cocktail bar. I'm having a cocktail. <laughs> yeah, no, hilarious. 
you know what to do. Two ladies over there without drinks. The way that he's been so unaware, though, as soon as there's a sympathetic ear asking him how's it going, he just unloads on them. Not so Not panning out as well as I'd hope, to be honest. Yeah, the way his head kind of he's got that hangdog expression. He just sort of shits in the night. Who buys Barry off extenders? Neither of us. Well, he's not that dissimilar to. Um, have you guys ever seen Hello Ladies? Yeah. Oh. And yeah. there's that character, there's the comic character who's very kind of like physically, he's quite a lot like Barry, like a little short fat guy who goes around yes. with, who goes yeah, around yeah, with yeah, his yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. And again, when they go, but I mean, the whole point of Hello Ladies is it's kind of like in that scene romantic. extended. Yeah. That's so true. Actually. And they go out, they yeah. go, they go out flirting, and they got a merchant has got his, his his friend with him who every time like whenever they they start chatting someone up he then just cuts to like him kind of just unloading his personal life <laughs> hello ladies though have you watched hello it's ladies? funny hello ladies no, I'm it's, it's hello so ladies funny it's so fucking funny it, it, it's, yeah. it's really 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 well it really fu- it's yeah. quite it's and quite slight, it's it, funny yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's a bit intense I wouldn't want to do a podcast back, back to back it's quite <laughs> intense and repetitive if you watch them back to back but yeah. isolated episodes are absolute genius yeah the film isn't so much so great actually but um yeah yeah, the series is good. Yeah. When um when the uh, David Earl character comes over, it's David Earl, isn't it? When the, yeah, yeah. when he comes over, I love the way Darren Lamb it, it, oh. uh, Millman looks like kind of oh god, here they come and Darren Lamb straight away, all right mate, how's it going? And he gets on with it straight away. Meets, meets him right on his level with the boobs joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you like his show, you'll love this. Yeah. And it's literally <laughs> so cool. there. yeah, Darren Lamb is basically one of those guys too, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And actually, is this the first time this scene, is this the first time that the our four main character, our four key cast, Andy, Maggie, Darren, and the and and, and Barry have kind of been together all in one scene. Six so, I think yeah, it's yeah. definitely in a social setting like yeah. that. Yeah, no, yeah. I think you're right. Though I think it is the when they're all time. on camera together, all chatting together. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. it is. Yeah. Which is funny to think about, isn't it? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then, so it's Barry who recommends this Castro's place, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, it's, again, it's one of those things where Barry sort of, it's all going a bit crazy, there's all this stuff going on, Andy's perplexed with it, he puts his head down, looks over the table and catches Barry. So just like when Barry gives him the advice about... He's like a little you know, mentor, being, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. he's like a mentor. And he says, better get used to this, mate. And it's sort of, he's back he into profound, the real world. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost real it's, advice. It's like Jay and Silent Bob, you know, Kevin Smith's Jay and Silent Bob, when, when Silent Bob actually talks. And yeah, yeah. He says something exactly really profound, yeah. And you, he actually is able to t- be taken seriously. But he yeah. hits the nail on the head. They treat you with respect if they recognise you. Yeah. That should be alarm bells, surely. Do you know mm. what I mean? Well, they're only treating you with respect, not because they respect you, because, because they, they recognise you. you, yeah. And yeah. that surely should serve as a bit of a warning to Andy that this world he's pursuing is so hollow and like and two-dimensional and fickle. But yeah, yeah. no, happy with that. You no, know. but you're right though, James. Was, was, you were talking there, I was thinking about that, the way Barry catches his eye and he's like his little spiritual guide in that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. guiding him through the trappings <laughs> of fame. He and, does it all the time. He does it yeah, in the yeah. Christmas special even, when he says, you know, fame, fame is a mask. mask. Yeah. It's when he can get underneath the shadow. It's when he can get underneath the shadow of Darren Lamb like yes. Darren's obviously talking to the super fan so Barry's able to kind of you know well, he's, re- he's, he's, he's exactly. writing a check lest we forget because Darren's Darren's got the calculator out and, and is demanding what right you owe me 27.50 can I give you a check yeah if you must unbelievable I like the, the, check, that, ba- the yeah. check bouncing joke, and then Barry, <laughs> when Barry finally writes back, like, who's thought it's out there? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he wanted, I thought, yeah, but don't I don't talk business in front of a bunch of nobodies. No, yeah. <laughs> I thought he wanted 20%, so it should have been 44 quid. No, no, he's, only taking, he's only taking 12.5%. Yeah, correct. But At how last. much does he take off at Andy? I think there's a point where oh, he's quite know. how much he takes off at Andy. Yeah, it's 12.5%. Yeah, he's always 12.5% for doing precisely yeah, nothing, right? Yeah. 
All right, Barry, let's start talking about business, mate, in front of a couple of nobodies like this, no disrespect. So obviously, uh, Barry's recommended this bar, so Andy's rather well up for that, because as long as he can be respected, it doesn't matter how he gets that respect. So yeah, and then we go. get into our second half of the episode, which is right. in the so club, yeah. they turn up at this new bar, and Barry's sort of straight away at the desk, you know, you might remember me, I used to be in these tenders. Oh, yes, of course, hello. And they, you know, they come through. She can't believe her luck. She's really excited to see him. First yeah. time in ages. Pops him in the VIP area, no less. What I love, just as they come into the club, and throughout that scene, is, is Darren Lamb and Barry, who obviously look very funny side to side. Barry's wearing a really kind of obnoxious <laughs> yeah, shell suit. Jacket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Darren's towering above him in like a Mac. And then there's all these guys in suits walking around. It's <laughs> yeah. so out of place the whole time. But the VIP area, come on. Oh, there's yeah, one yeah. place Andy's wanted to sit for the last... What, uh, yeah, eight yeah, episodes? Yeah. It's in the VIP area of a club where people uh, recognise Especially when he can go past Greg, because uh, Greg sees him doing it. That, right. is, the, that, is, that is literally, that he's at the top of the world there. He's thinking yes. like, right, okay, so if I can get into the, uh, this VIP area, if Greg can see me do it, that's like, that's all I need. That, talk, yeah. that all, that will um, overcome all those shit reviews I've had. We talked okay. about how you measure success, right? Yeah, in exactly. Yeah. What is better than that? You know, he, not only, he, the VIP area is great enough, the fact that Greg can see it, the fact that he gets to walk past him and mention it on the way. Ah, Andy Millman. I can't stop, mate, I'm going to the VIP area. The Castro is literally, it becomes a vehicle for that, that, that split between credibility and success because he gets straight in because they recognise him but then as soon as he gets in people are shouting oh your show's shit yeah, yeah. he's going into VIP area but with no credibility yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's well, literally a visual metaphor for his whole kind of experience they kind yeah. of, they're not yet though because they, they do you're right but but the first bit when he walks in so I almost think of it like a roller coaster. you know one of those roller coasters that yeah. just goes up really high and then down yeah. right <laughs> it's kind of like that because he goes in he's just tick 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 getting built up and built up and built up and then as soon then as he gets kicked in. out, wallop, it yeah. just absolutely plummets. And Greg's waiting. Yeah, yeah, waiting for him yeah, yeah, to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It's that thing with Andy Millman, you just think, why do, why do you see it through the lens of, I deserve that? Yeah, Where does yeah. that come from? And that's what's making him ultimately miserable. Well, the irony is, that's why he doesn't deserve it in many ways. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he doesn't appreciate it, even if he got it. So... The, you know, it, it, yeah, the fact is, he'd never be happy. Whatever he had, it would never be enough. Well, like we said, yeah, like we find out from this scene that Greg's got a shirt to win them. He's oh. got a nomination for yeah, the NBA. Would, would he be happy? And he wouldn't be happy. No, he'd have a TV show. Roll into that for a second, because as soon as he gets kicked out by Bowie, well, as soon as he gets kicked out because of Bowie, yeah, as soon as he got kicked out because of Bowie, you see across the room, Greg's little wry smile, like yeah, it walks into the scene like some sort of arch villain from a film. It's almost like Greg knew that Bowie was supposed to turn up. Yeah, yeah, Wait till Bowie gets there, you'll be straight up. You'll see, and then he goes, yeah, oh, that's quick, sit down, yeah, back into it. As if that that moment where 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 Andy Millman tries to tries to pretend that he was all right with it, yeah, just sit down, energized, back into it. It's very Brent-like, I thought. Yeah. That's one of his most Brent-like moments. Yeah, quick sit down and back into it. <laughs> Energised. I always knew you were Brent. <laughs> yeah. Come on, he's, are there any more Brent bits in this episode? Or is that it? That's, no, I think really, that takes it for it. me, to be fair. The that bit, is super the Brent. Bit, the bit with the woman outside, that's pretty Brentish. No, because I don't think Brent would put himself in that situation. Brent would never put himself in that situation. Ish. Brent wouldn't be flirty with anyone. And he, Brent would never get a reaction from a woman which was flirty back. I think the bit with the beggar's a little bit Brenty as that's well. Yeah, that's, that's pretty Brenty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 20 quid, it's got to count for a few goes. But to answer your question, James, about why does he put himself in mm. when, when he comes out and when he tries to kind of like um, put on like a brave front to Greg, why does he put himself in that position? Yeah. 
It's because it's Greg. He always has to. He can't ever kind of debase himself in front of Greg. But he sure always has to show himself up in front of Greg because Greg is his arch nemesis. I know, I know, but do you know what I mean? It's obvious. A blind man could see what's happening. There. Well, yeah. Well, yeah why yeah. does he have to pretend? Can't he, surely he could like, play make the long game. Yeah, make a joke about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah why, why can't he, he just let his guard down and go? Yeah, it's Bowie. Come fair on. enough. Do you know what I mean? Oh. He might even end up having a laugh with yeah. Greg, but he has to. Just, because in front yeah. of Greg, he doesn't want to pretend that he's less than Bowie, yeah, which yeah. is obviously ludicrous. But like you know, he. I've always thought like. Most of the problems in Andy's life, as far as we see it, come from the fact that he's competing with specifically Greg. Like he'd be yeah. so much happier if Greg wasn't in the wasn't in the. And he'd probably enjoy mm. his success with his TV show more if Greg wasn't doing so. Yeah, because well. he knows Greg's it. genuinely doing well. Here, I, right? think I, I think yeah. I think I I described Greg in the first series as like a, a dark shadow that fo- follows Andy Millman around. He's like the voice in his head, the yeah, self-critical yeah. narrative that's well, yeah, constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. T- it's not good enough. And that's <laughs> exemplified perfectly in this episode because not only is he there yeah. to see him get kicked out of Bowie's chair. He's got a, a review in his pocket that he carries around. I know, I almost think Greg is so ludicrous he could almost not exist. He's just existed yeah, in, in his head. head. Yeah. So I'm trying to picture what would have happened yeah. with Greg. <laughs> would Greg have been reading a magazine or a newspaper with some friends, seen it, cut it out, and just thought, oh, I'm going to oh, keep I that. I meet Andy later. I'm know? sure I'm going to bump into him at some point. Which makes you question whether Greg is obsessed with Andy. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's, a, there's an equal sitcom where it's following Greg. Yeah, and he's obsessed and he's looking popping up. And he watches TV and he sees Andy on it. The fact that he's there, like, a month of summers later on and they're just doing like it's like why is he going to see a crappy play yeah. well yeah, yeah. Does, yeah. He, does he actually exist only in his head because <laughs> Greg could be suffering with being successful in inverted commas with the uh, critics but maybe no one's coming to his shows or yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe deep down he feels really ashamed that he's living off mum and dad's yeah. you know, well exactly yeah. how come he gets six million and I can't get 60 people to come to my show yeah. you know it could be you don't know but uh, yeah the, and the then when he sees him humiliated he's like right I can get I can feel much better about myself now <laughs> but that review as well right? I know I <laughs> love the idea that he's just thought I'll, I'll, I'll keep that with me just in case <laughs> I couldn't think of a worse review when the whistle blows as I watched this abysmal Time Warp comedy, I found myself expecting someone to shout, I'm free, and for Andy Millman to exclaim, Mmm, Betty, the cats just shat out the worst sitcom of all time. Just like they write really good, bad sitcoms in this. Again, they, they write really, really bad, bad reviews. Excellent, awful reviews. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, just literally <laughs> shut out the worst sitcom of all time. But <laughs> the interesting thing about this is, yes, it's out of order to sort of bring the review out and yeah. cut him down by the knees for it. But just like with Brent and Neil, Brent usually shoots first, right? I don't know if you've noticed, right? Yeah. But Andy's yeah. the same. So when he first walks in, he has to be smug and say, oh, you know, it's no cast at all, mate. I'm going to the VIP area. Yeah. And then he comes out and he's sort of, oh, yeah, you know, just want to quick sit down and back up. He's always, he always shoots first with Greg. Well, and don't forget the last time we saw Greg was the last episode of series yeah, one. that's right. Where he kind of, I can't remember the specifics of what table. he says, but he could, yeah, he completely like kind of decimates Greg in front of everyone. And like the last thing we see of Greg is kind of Greg shooting at that kind of like evil look. I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time Andy. It's usually so Andy like no wonder face. he's like this son of a bitch like I've got to bring him down and you would want to as well if someone was really like degrading you like that as you were, if you were an extra there'd be nothing sweeter than to well yeah yeah exactly yeah. Not... I mean that's the thing yeah as far as Greg's mm. concerned yeah he was just kind of like a lowly extra keeping his head down some guy's just got the chance of a lifetime and the BBC has come and kind of completely taken the piss out of him and he deserves to be brought down really yeah, yeah. with an awful review like he's, he's it's some humble pie isn't it but why did he get kicked out it's because oh, David Bowie's in true like, credibility when, well that's yeah. the thing yeah. that, that's it's the perfect encapsulation of you can have as much credibility as you want, but there's always going to be a David Bowie. If there's yeah, someone like, that's if so there's true. a David Bowie in the world, then you're never ever going like, to get to that level. And at that point, 
you could argue that maybe he was the second most famous person. He was the most famous person in the room. Yeah. It was a slow night. New show. He's walked through the door. They've seen, oh yeah, there's old Barry with his, oh, he's got a TV show. Yeah, get them in the VIP area. And then it's like, stop everything. Yeah. True credibility he's walked through. Get that stupid TV star out there. (laughs) And boom, the roller coaster goes down. That's the thing. It's like playing with fire, isn't it? Because you're right, there's always going to be a Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know you know what I mean though no, but it's like, okay, for example now it could be like you know he's in it and then Leonardo DiCaprio walks in and there's yeah. always going to be there's someone on who's stratospheric exactly because he would have no qualms about kicking somebody of Barry's stature out of the VIP area yeah. he would think it was deserved and Barry should be grateful to be there in the first place yeah, but exactly. the fact that he, he does it he gets that happen to him it's sort of yeah. again it's like with the bunny episode do you remember when he was sort of so unprepared for the uh, ferociousness and, and sort of um, personal nature of being cast or not cast in something do you remember yeah. that yeah and it's just same he's, he's sort of he's, he's dancing with the devil here but he's so unprepared for the spikes you know yeah. it's very strange I, but uh, I know again. what you mean he's, he's put himself in that world but then he realises he's totally unprepared to, to get what goes with it yeah well he's got the arrogance of he spent his whole life looking on the other side of the curtain he's looked at people on TV he's looked at people on stage he's, he's looked at people in the papers and he's thought I could do that I want to be that and he just hasn't really wrestled he hasn't really kind of like questioned yeah, what would happen when he gets that, and yeah, whether he'd be able to handle mm-hmm. it, or whether he'd be able, to, yeah, whether he'd be able to handle the ups and downs, which he clearly can't. He only wants the ups, and that you're never only going to get the ups. Still, Even Bowie's never had, just had the ups. No, he, he's he, still so entitled as well. Like you know, he's like, oh, yeah. I, you know, I deserve to be in that on that bench with you know David Bowie. It's just like later on when he's like, oh, I should be having lunch with Harold yeah. Pinch and his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But why? You know, <laughs> it was Jerry Halliwell. What has he done? Yeah. To, what has he done to deserve that? You know, it's, yeah. But, what's Pet Shop Boys? But as you say, even. even <laughs> But even joking. Bowie has had in the '90s had a phase where a lot of people wrote him off, and cri- he tried a little yeah, sort. Of, yeah. He tried a little yeah. sort of drum and bass yeah. sort of tune, and it was really critically derided. Down some drum and bass on it. He did literally <laughs> to be credible. But now, but now everyone loves everything he's ever done. Well, eventually he just sort of transcended all of that, right, and became an icon. Well, I mean, to be honest, even at this point in 2006, yeah. his last two albums really put him back up, especially his last one where he kind of he, he died two days. Oh, after that was incredible. Least. Yeah. But, so he did Black Star and then The New Day, which was the one before. That. It was good as well. Before yeah. In around 2006, 2007, whenever this was, he kind of, he he was a little bit like on... Almost on the way out, you could have thought. Yeah, he, 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 he kind of like, he he, his, cult, his cultural cachet was kind of gone a little bit. Like he wasn't, he wasn't right on the forefront of it. He'd spent most of the 80s and 90s making like albums that weren't um, critically acclaimed at the yeah. time, that are now, only in retrospect. Yeah. And it's quite interesting actually, that bit where he's... Um, Andy Millman's talking to him saying about how oh I've got six million viewers but you know the BBC have interfered and you know artistic credibility I think it's quite significant this is David Bowie yeah, who he's talking it, to because he's like you know the king of like artistic, artistic credibility exactly. and he's actually mm-hmm. wrestled with this problem himself and to be honest Andy's really yeah, open yeah, with him yeah. because you know Andy's never admits any of this stuff it's like when David yeah. Brenner started admitting to Carol that he had some issues around um, popularity this is the first time Andy mm-hmm. opens up to anybody and it's with somebody that A he respects enormously but as you say Dan quite rightly he's someone who you would expect to be able to empathise with him yeah because like back in the 80s I think David Rose when he went on that Let's Dance tour or yeah, let's dance. Not just dance, that's God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let, yeah <laughs> let's dance. So we did that album with Nile Rodgers, and he said he looked out at the audience and thought, none of these people own any Velvet Underground records. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I yeah. Think he that, was, courting, that, that's he was the courting, courting the wrong people. That's exactly the same kind of thought process as Andy Millman. So I think it's quite significant that he's chosen both this episode. I might have just, you know, bad yeah. No, 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 I think that there's something in there. Yeah, 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 it's I absolutely think, yeah. Could you think of anyone better? It's a guy, yeah, it's a guy who's had this same dilemma himself that has, you know, like sold lots of records, but, you know, why would they sell into 
to the wrong audience and then yeah. started doing all the drum and bass, trying to get his credibility back. So yeah, but I, most, but, I think it's significant that it's Bowie. Yeah, but let's not forget though, Bowie is an actor. He's not just a musician. He has been in loads and loads of uh, films. Absolutely. So, yeah, and now, so what I've got here, I've got in front of me IMDb. So we're going to play oh, the IMDb yes. game, right? Do you want to? Should we test you guys? Bowie, 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 your, uh, Bowie as actor. Richard Gervais pulled him over and said, "Oh, no professional." <laughs> <laughs> the highly awaited IMDb game. Right. So yeah. So if for anyone who doesn't remember, the IMDb game is where we take the guest star for the uh, for the episode, and we look on IMDb and we and we I make these three guests their his will be actors. Top four most known for on IMDb. Are you, right? re- are you reading this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was. I should write down. <laughs> so we've got so yeah. So it's David Bowie's top four most known for apparently according to IMDb films. Okay. So what do you think? Well, Labyrinth is going to be on there. Labyrinth, yeah, Labyrinth of course is on there. That's obviously his most iconic mm. film. Honest, that's the only one I know. Everyone knows Labyrinth. Right? Uh, I mean, I was terrified of him. As a I child. mean, yeah. <laughs> that, in fact, that was my first introduction to Bowie. Like I'd never seen, I, did, I, I hadn't heard his music. I didn't know who he was until I saw Labyrinth. And you I was probably like, had though. That's the thing. His music. Maybe I had. Thing about Bowie. My, like, neither of my parents were massive Bowie fans. But yeah, yeah but when, I, when, I, when I saw Bowie, like I didn't think I knew his stuff, but I fucking did. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, what when you saw him? When I saw him at Glastonbury, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think I knew. But yeah, he is one of those. He, his hits are so well known. I was just yeah. like, yeah, know this one, know this one, know this one, knew it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So right, so we got three more. Danny's almost there. Two thousand six. Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla. You're thinking of a funny accent. Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. The Prestige. Oh, yes. Yes. So he yes. was in that, obviously. Playing, obviously, and that was... Was that a Chris same? Nolan film? Yeah. Yeah, so was yeah, that with the a same fun, year as With this, a funny actually. accent and funny face. He did wear. extras. 2006, yeah. He did extras. 06. Why is it not credit? Yeah, 06. So it was, yeah, the same year. 2006. So he was having a busy 06. I wonder if he was, at that point, he was trying to get back into acting again. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of... In in the prestige, he's kind of he's you, Christopher Nolan's using the same thing. It's kind of ethereal, kind of magical, almost kind of like supernatural yeah. idea that everyone has of Bowie. He's like kind of like this kind of man, not quite, not quite, not quite from this world, isn't he? That's, that's, it, yeah. that's how he is in in, in kind of an ethereal sort of character. yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's yeah. how he's always well, he's always played a character, hasn't he? And 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 then I guess David Bowie is a character to some degree. Was he in um, that one with? Gervais and De Niro, Stardust. He might have been, but it's not on his most known for one. In fact, let's look. I don't think he was in Stardust. What the the, the next most known for one he is in? It was it came out at like the peak of his powers, the seventies, and he was the main character in it. Oh, it's not Labyrinth. I don't know if I'd expect you guys to know it. Wasn't Maybe it the Midnight Meat Train was he in that one? <laughs> <laughs> it was the Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh. Yeah, where he played an alien that came down. I haven't actually seen it, but I know that. Yes. Yeah. Again, he plays this kind of ethereal, magical, supernatural person <sighs> being that comes to us. How many more are we the looking? The next one, we got one more. Forgot how much I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we've only got one more, and in this, with it, yeah. To be fair, to be fair, there's no excuse for not like doing the research. On no, but you're not supposed to. That's the point. It's a quiz. This one, yeah. it's a, it's. <laughs> Give us a clue. It's a cameo. It's a cameo. What year? Two thousand pro- and one. And he's playing. It's yeah. a cameo, <laughs> and he's, it's a cameo, and he's playing himself. So it's really playing off Bowie's kind of star power, particularly in the world of this film. And what is the world of this? The film? world of the film is um, uh, the kind of New York. Kind of fashion society. Mm. Prada. You guys Devil will always Prada. You'll all know it. Not the Devil Wears Prada. No. no. Oh, bugger, I'm going to kick myself. I'm going to kick, kick myself. We're having a walk off. 
It's oh Zoolander. Zoolander. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, of course, yeah, so, it was in Zoolander. Yeah, it's and then, again, it's kind of and that's another one where it's playing off is like when he walks into the room, everyone stops. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, always yeah. that. Yeah. It's always brought in as the as the transcendent ethereal presence who who's larger than the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So which which just goes so I mean, if, if anyone list, listening who's younger than I don't know. 18 who kind of maybe isn't so familiar with Bowie like he is this kind of huge massive cultural yeah. presence and I mean do you guys remember when he died like when he died yeah it was like, yeah, yeah 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 I mean it was, it was, Look it it was when you get home I think, <laughs> I think it was the same day as Alan Rickman who in my life because it was the same day because he played the show for he's, he's Alan Rickman personally has had a bigger impact on my life but like obviously that was just completely overshadowed by Bowie and he and he left the world in the same way Bowie Whoa. so he, he left the world in the same kind of like Ethereal kind of way, like kind of he dropped he dropped his album. The fact that he died so close to his but album, but the album the album, yeah. the album yeah. was about and his, his good. I was going to say exactly. That, it was, the, the, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, but like imagine, I mean, he obviously knew he wasn't going to hold on, but imagine, you know, sometimes if you're suffering from cancer, you do kind of have these mm. kind of miraculous recoveries. But to if he'd done this goodbye album and then hung yeah. up, but to more. incorporate your death into your art, yeah, is. Astonishing, and he could so not obvious. have known. You could so obvious as well when you look back at his videos. Yeah, when you look back, yeah, really obvious. But he could yeah. never, ever have planned. I mean, imagine if he died a couple of days before. Imagine if he died, you know, because I think I remember it wasn't getting the, um, the day it dropped, it wasn't getting no. the greatest reviews. So imagine if he'd held no, on for... It was, it was his birthday. If he'd held yeah. on for another six months and he'd kind of got middling reviews for six months and then he died, they never had to go, actually, I'm going to think no, about it. Like, <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, so... <laughs> It was an amazing way way to, way to go his, out because no one knew he had cancer. Like he's so that he was doesn't, amazing he give as well. Interviews. Yeah, yeah. He's so no he, one knew those albums were coming out until they dropped. Pretty much, he yeah. Everything he's, secret. Yeah, exactly. He's such a secretive, mysterious presence. Like he, all of a sudden, like here's an album. Everyone was like, "Well, fucking hell, he's released an album." All of a sudden, two days later, oh, he's died. By the way, like what? Uh, what a way to go. You can you you can see why. I mean, like I said, I wasn't. I haven't been the massive biggest fan of Bowie in my lifetime. It hasn't been at its peak. But you can see why someone like Gervais would kind of just look at him as like the just the ultimate in like kind of cultural mm. cachet and kind of respect and and like yeah credibility. Yeah, it's interesting that and he's bitter and he's complaining to Maggie and like he's kind of being very like oh I deserve this I deserve that to Maggie and the agent when he sits down and chats to Bowie he can, he's he does he's not he's not bitter he's not kind of like kind of. Uh, grouching that thing. he's just kind of opening up saying I, he's finally being honest to himself I think I've sold out I think you know I, I think I've caught the wrong people it's funny. And, it, and it's obviously because he feels like here I am I'm talking to someone on my level I'm talking to Bowie now, oh, now they've finally we, got me yeah, in my, in my yeah, yeah, realm we, he, he'll understand what I'm doing and, and then yeah. he almost sees Bowie as like an opportunity for a little therapy session or something yeah. and he expects some sympathetic yeah. compassionate yeah. response <laughs> and Bowie's just staring at him and, and, and as, an, as an audience member as well you think like okay he's going to do the Morgan Freeman thing here. yeah he's going to Going to come out of something really profound and change, uh, yeah. and change Andy's life. And, then it's and the reason he's staring at him is, in fact, because. Little fat man who sold his soul. The little. Little fat man who sold his dream. You can see this sort of artistic clocks ticking in, yeah. in, in Bowie's head, and he's sort of. These are all the, the, and he's basically a bit of a muse for him. Yeah, yeah. in this moment. Right? He just so creates this tragic character, and this song yeah. flows out of it. Pathetic little fat man. Pathetically little. And of course, yeah, he's just like improvising a whole song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. And, and, and of course, everybody's there to see it. Most importantly, Greg. Greg's there. And not yeah. only Greg there, he's there to sort of fill in the blanks for people that don't know who he's thinking <laughs> about. Who's like, oh, yeah, it's that one there. The, yeah, the one with the, yeah, that one. Yeah, the one with those. <laughs> and I went back to the pub nose as well. That's a, that's a ret- returning character. 
gag from the office, yeah. isn't it? Pug nose, nose frog throat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what an opportunity for Ricky though, because I think him and Steve wrote this with Bowie, right? Didn't they? Yeah, did. And I, I remember um, seeing Ricky debate on a chat show once, talking about how he was on the phone with David Bowie, and it was just. Bowie and it was just really surreal you know I'm on the phone with David Bowie and he's eating a banana it's just like you can just imagine <laughs> so, him eating sorry, a banana I'm so just, strange just eating a banana, <laughs> banana yeah. and he so said and he said to him um, I really want to uh, I really want it to sound a little bit like um, uh, Life on Mars and he said oh yeah I'll just knock out a quick fucking Life on Mars right? <laughs> yeah. and you think oh yeah he's got a good he's, got, he's on the, the level with the humour like we discussed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact there's a really good interview with Bowie I think for this episode right? which is another example of how funny he is yeah, yeah. The, how, how on the level of Jamaican humour is. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah, when he's yeah. doing that joke about like you know when we came up with the idea of doing a song he said he would do the lyrics with Stephen and I said that would be great I'd, I'd love that to happen and I'd do the melody but then I'd give him some jokes for future episodes of um, extras so I gave him a couple of uh, my better things there's, there's one <laughs> that I think he's doing in the uh, Sir Ian McKellen show. It's, um, yeah, you and whose army? <laughs> Which, you know, you, it's like, that's an example, the kind of thing that I've got. And uh, there were a couple more. Um, if you keep looking like that, your face will stay like it. That's, that's really quite a zinger, isn't it? Um, and that kind of thing, you see. So, you know, I've been writing uh, jokes for him. And he assures me they'll be in the future episodes. So it's uh, it's been very fulfilling this whole experience. Yeah. <laughs> he's funny. I, I think he would have he would have been happy to do a sort of more of a Chris Martin turn or something and parody himself as well. They didn't oh, yeah. they didn't need him for that. But I think yeah, because all he does really in this is sing the song. He pretty much doesn't. He have doesn't any do a lot more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Because he doesn't really. Have, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. I mean, I guess. He parodies himself to the extent that he kind of does a bit of a crap song up off the yeah. Top, rather than like a thoughtful kind of like which he'd never actually do song. in real yeah, life yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's, he's a more spiteful David <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah well this is the thing I almost feel like it's an artistic license thing I don't think he's doing it to be spiteful in a way I mean it is awful it's horrendous <laughs> the things that he's saying but I feel like he almost gets away with it or at least he thinks he gets away with it but yeah. uh, Linda's no, no help Fuck, you know who is Linda oh. supposed to be I don't know just, just <laughs> some sort of hanger on yeah some hanger on but Bowie's come in yeah and he's having a talk I mean that's one of those things it's like the the Suicide is it's no, no joke these days. I know. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, at the end, Milman's humiliation is pretty extreme. To have an icon making up a song about him committing suicide and everyone <laughs> singing it. But would you say, based on his his general attitude throughout the episode, that he kind of deserved it? Or is it a bit too harsh? I think that's, that's kind of what you're meant to think, isn't mm. it? It's a good question. I think the idea I, I, I think the idea you're supposed to get is that anyone who has the success and the good fortune that Andy has had, who can't just appreciate it, deserves it. It's like, well, if you don't appreciate it, I'll take it back then. Yeah, yeah. Don't have it. Don't have it. There's a difference, yeah. though, because this is quite... David Brent will appreciate it. Barry would, <laughs> Barry would, Barry Barry would, would love, love it. Yeah, he yeah, might yeah, deserve yeah. the, your sitcom shit, mate. He might deserve the bad review from Greg, but the Bowie thing... That is brutal. The Bowie thing is like... It's the worst thing that could possibly happen to somebody after, but not only that, it's after having been taken up so high. Do you know what I mean? Because he was in the VIP area, you know, over his rivals, 
flying high, can't believe his luck. And then the biggest artist in the world, basically, yeah. just completely tears him to shreds while he's opening up to him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just it's after he's tried to get a Bowie just came in and, Yeah, it's <laughs> bad enough if Bowie just came in and took some shots at him, but after he's shown him his vulnerable side by yeah, 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 yeah. his issues, to take that and turn it into a publicity, <laughs> uh, you know, a public affair. It's well, like, it's so bad that it leads Andy to kind of go crawling back to the super fan at the oh, pub, doesn't well, it? Well, that's <laughs> the yeah. thing, isn't it? He, he's, he realises, hang on a minute, if I go back to the, you know, those yeah. guys in the pub, he's sort of his his credibility is is his his what's his word? It's sort of uh, his compass is pointing in so many different directions yeah. in this episode, and eventually it just points back to those guys, and you finally see him at the end. And I felt actually happy for him after being humiliated that he just relaxed and just kind of thought, well, these guys are all right, they're idiots and they're nerds. How fucking is mental? Fucking, yeah, he, he does look so weird. Look. Imagine being Gervais and Merchant on that casting with like where they're just like just. Bring us the five <laughs> most fucking horrendous people. Five But then, but then you look at those guys and you think, with all their, you think, but are they kind of us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to think. Where are we in all this? <laughs> I'd like to think if we met Barry, oh, well, we have met Barry, but if we met him in a pub, we'd be a yeah. bit more, carry ourselves with a bit more grace and decorum than that. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Do the catchphrase. Do the catchphrase. I do love this ending. This could be the ending of the series. Yeah, like, you could. Yeah. If the entirety of extras had finished with that, it'd be like, okay, he's learned his lesson. He's kind of. It would be like a bread thing. Like he's not kind of. He's not gonna. He's not completely changed man. But it's kind of like a chipping, a little chipping, chipping of the ice. Like ego. chipping away. Yeah. Like. See, I. If he, does, if he does yeah. more of this, every more of these, this every is my level. Yeah. I can actually be happy here with these guys. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's not the acclaim I would love, but maybe if I stick with it for a while, one day I might be able to do something a bit more. Rep- as long yeah, as he's yeah. somewhere where he's the most respected person in the room, that's what he wants. Yeah. That's all he needs. This is the thing. I, when, until whenever I've thought about this episode, I've always thought this is him learning his lesson. This is him coming full circle. But as we've talked about it today, for some reason, I've just started of thinking about it a little bit differently. Actually, maybe he hasn't learned his lesson. He's just going with someone that's actually going to massage his ego a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's so really he doesn't actually learn anything. No. He just needs like I said, he just needs to be somewhere where he's the most respected yeah, person exactly. in the room. But as soon as he leaves that pub, he's not gonna be the most because respected. Because he doesn't know his lesson room. because we know from the rest of the series he doesn't know his lesson because he has basically the same epiphany magically at the end of the Christmas special. Yeah. So you know what I mean this isn't a lesson learned. This is Showing his, it's um, more just show, yeah, and it more just shows how debased he's been that yeah. he has to go. He goes crawling back. It's not that he goes back triumphant like I've learned. He goes crawling back on his belly, and then he, he goes back it. with a look on his face of resignation. Yeah, and when like, he this it, is my, these are my guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 big fish, small pond. You'd rather be a big fish in a small well, pond. Exactly, yeah. And when he goes in and starts doing the the faces and stuff. Ashley Jensen next to him <laughs> makes a face. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, this. she she makes a face of kind. Of, occasionally, she kind of drops the the daft facade a little bit and looks kind of sympathetically at him like yeah she looks at him like yeah oh god Andy you're debasing yourself oh, really? I never noticed that. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, she also does that she also today. does that when he's rehearsing when he's rehearsing extra she's standing in the audience and she gives him kind of like an encouraging smile yes but actually it's quite a heartbreaking smile she gives him because that's she's exactly kind of, what I'm talking about she's kind of saying I'm your mate I'm here with you I'll do what you want but you know I support you but to this. this is shit isn't it yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry it's come to this I'm sorry it's come to this mate I'm here sorry, with you but I'm here to support you through it it's, yeah, you're, yeah that's such a, it's exactly the same face you're right yeah there's a face again <laughs> <laughs> only me yeah. <laughs> who's that Hang on. Oh, God. Is that Barry? Yeah, he hasn't seen me, though. Hang on a minute. Hello, hello! Oh, I suppose... Hey. Uh, Barry? Oh, he's seen you. Ah, oh, fair enough. Barry, what are you doing, mate? Sure, mate. We've already done your interview with you. It came out years ago. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, well, we're, well yeah, yeah, we're, reco- we're doing it now. Sorry, we haven't got an extra mic, Barry. 
don't don't need a microphone. Not yet. Microphone for wimps, mate. Sean, what are you saying? You, you you heard us talking about Bowie. You got something to say about that? Okay, go on. I've got to say one thing. I've been lucky enough to meet the Queen, and there's only been a few people who've had that impact when they've entered a room. Mm. And off the top of my head, it's the Queen and David Bowie. I know it sounds weird, yeah. but there's just something about they bring in their own aura. Yeah. Some of it is just obviously just from achievement, but some of it is physical. Yeah. Uh, and I can only compare it to that. Uh, sounds mad, but you know, uh, uh, walk in the room. Some people are pretending to not be impressed and being a bit cool, but yeah. everyone's looking out the corner of, the, of their eye if they're not gawping at him, you know. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, you can, quite you a can small guy, just... quite yeah. a small guy, immaculately dressed, quite small, but just a presence, you know. Mm. How long was he actually around on, on, on set? Did he kind of just come in, do his bits and go? Or was he kind yeah, of... well, this is the other thing. I, I don't know if Ricky drilled him privately in a rehearsal, but all I know is that it was phenomenal. He never dropped a line. He never fluffed a word. It just happened. It was, it was just extraordinary looking back at it. I know for a fact there wasn't a retake, well, certainly not through his fault. Again, that, that song, man, I, I, it's just, it's such a special moment to any extras it's fan. It's you know? brilliant, you know. Uh, and and, it just goes um, to, you know, Ricky's not above uh, having jokes made about him either, you know? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Linda. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Linda, I like that. Yeah, Linda, it's brilliant. <laughs> well, probably missed. Yeah, thanks, Linda. Thanks. <laughs> so the, the pug nose things comes up. It's come up in the office as well, hasn't it? Yeah. And in invention of lines. So that's a bit of a trope. If you're Ricky, if you're Ricky Gervais, you've got to give as good as you get, haven't you? Like he's got to prove that he can do it. He can take it as well as give it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, it, it was uh, as you say. I mean, I think he's the epitome of a minimalist actor, Bowie. You know. Yeah, um, a lot of what he's doing you won't appreciate until you see the finished cut, what the camera's yeah. caught, you know. As you say that, the, the, the right word is kind of immaculate. He's just, he's well turned out, he's well, he's, his delivery is perfect. And I can imagine him, I can't imagine him fluffing a line. I can't, mm. it doesn't no. seem like he's capable of fluffing. I'm sure he can, but, or could, but you, you can't imagine that from him because he's just no. so well turned out. And has he's just got that kind of ethereal presence, hasn't he? Where like yeah. everything he touches just works. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think you just know he's going to prepare immaculately and just yeah. turn up. And also, so, so did you, act, I'm trying to think if you actually ever got any screen time with any of the other guest stars. I don't think you did, did you? Good question. Robert De Niro ended up with my pen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't De Niro, I'm going to go and threaten him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want it back. It's a good question, and I'd have to say no. Yeah, I think so, it's just funny. So you must have, I bet you couldn't believe it when, yes. Not only no, exactly. Is it the, not only is it the first, you open up the script, and not only do you get a scene out of the office, but you know, you realize, you, open, you read it, and you realise you're going to be on set with David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's literally just David Bowie and David Earl, uh, uh, if you put it like that. Yeah, they're, they're the only two. <laughs> the thing did is, you, like, there's, not, there's not many people in the world who aren't massive fans of David Bowie, and obviously listening to the XFM podcast and all of the radio shows that Ricky did, you can tell him and Steve are just absolute fanboys. Of especially, Steve, especially Ricky, yeah. Like he's, he's, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's heavily hero. into him. Yeah, yeah, so well, for them to be able to not only have him as a guest, have this sort of, you know, basically this very intimate scene with him, but also to be able to sort of spend time writing a song with him. I mean, that must have just been, I mean, yeah, unbelievable. phenomenal. I mean, that's, that's, that's a proper achievement. He must have been pinching himself. It's great, you know. And, and did you get a chance? Sorry. Oh. I think just, just quickly, I think Ricky's got the story where I think Bowie come around and talk about it. They ended up playing Monopoly, didn't they? <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, sure. Did you get a chance to speak to uh, David Bowie then? 
yeah, I just just said hello, and um, you know, uh, uh, you know, it, it's that thing, you know, it, it, it's it's such a brief moment. You you, you uh, I think you can always risk blowing it by asking some really deep question yeah. out of nowhere when you haven't even met the person. So I'm afraid it just comes down to um, sort of bland, you know, uh, um, niceties, really. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Don't ask me any more questions. Okay, this is the bit you've all been waiting for, the quiz. The quiz of the episode, which, you know, I'm sure that you haven't already guessed what all the questions and answers are going to be. <laughs> and the answers are all going to be 100% accurate. So, without further ado, James, can you show me your buzzer? Yep. Play me a buzzer. This is scandalous, babe. <laughs> Very weird buzzer there. Jack? The little. The little? Just a little. <laughs> okay. There's a very obscure buzzers this week. Is he hugging that rat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go, that's more daddy that's, yeah. Daddy likes that. Okay, okay, fingers on buzzers. Question number one, for one point. Who did the best review of when the whistle blows come from, according this to Darren? Telegraphs. Yeah, it was indeed the Daily Telegraph. They didn't review it. They didn't review it. Okay, and number two, this comes from immediately after that um, line. What were the viewing figures for the episode? Jack. Six point two million. Oh. Six point two million. Yes. Oh, excellent! <laughs> I didn't know the two. Excellent. Yeah, we were just talking. He it. says six afterwards, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Six million people yeah, watched it. Last night. Instantly, just discounts okay. to yeah, 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 yeah. Question number three. I know you all know the answer to this, so it's going to be fastest finger first. What is the place that Barry recommends called? <laughs> Seth, I think I've just got you first. Castro's. Castro's. Yes. Oh. So you what, know, what? You, you know it now. Yeah. What did you say at what the time? <laughs> what did you say then? Frey Ventos. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question number, I knew that was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Question number four. Where is Greg doing a check <laughs> At the Wyndham. At the Wyndham. Does that actually exist? It's yes. one of the. Isn't it one of the theatres at the uh, National? Didn't we it have is, a thing about Chekhov ones? Chekhov's Chekhov 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 Is that the same? Chekhov, that's the same Chekhov, is it? Yeah. yeah Chekhov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Question number five. Okay. All the same Chekhov. What Chekhov? This is a two-pointer. I know that. I know that you all know this one. So fastest thing first. What are the two catchphrases mentioned in Greg's review? <laughs> Jack. Jack. Oh, Betty. Yep. And I'm free. Correct. Both I'm points free. go to Mr. Jack Kendall. Shit. Okay. Two points for that. Yeah. Oh, that's two points. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. take that. What's yeah. the scores? What's the scores? Okay. Uh, Jack is way in front on four. James and Seth just have one each. Oh, sorry, there that goes. And we only have three questions to go. So question number six. In Bowie's story about the singing man in hospital, what is the record label that the A&M there works for? Decca. Decca, yes. Oh. You won't know Decca. No, we do <laughs> <laughs> Only pride to play for for James and Seth now. I was trying to Google, them. actually, who we were talking about. I wondered if there was actually someone who was, a, surgeon, who was a registered yeah. surgeon. Got signed. I wonder if it was like going to be like, I don't know, like Mick Jagger or something. But it wasn't. Jack's, clearly put, Jack's clearly put the work in. They deserve it, it's really hard to say. Question number seven, okay, so James said just playing for pride. Alright, don't run really <laughs> what, what did Count Fuckula have for dinner? This is scandalous. What oh, the turkey sandwiches. <laughs> just turkey. Just turkey. No, 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 he, just does, he says turkey sandwiches as well. Yeah, but. Turkey and turkey sandwiches. <laughs> so that's not really just turkey, that's turkey and bread. So. Okay, question number eight. That okay. sounds like a, like a classic, like just shit meal. Yeah. This is a two pointer. <laughs> this is a two pointer, so. Um, you can yeah, you can get within one point of Jack for this, James. Uh, what bill prompted Andy to ask? You having a laugh? What was what was the order and what was the amount? I'm never gonna get it. What was it? Sorry, repeat the, the, the order at the end. Sorry, at the end, no, yeah. so, 
And you say, you have any of that? A beer and a glass of wine, £5.80. It was £5.80 for a Foster's and a white wine. That's I what I said, wine and beer. I will credit that, yes. But he, didn't, so. he didn't say Foster's. Foster's. But, yeah. All okay, right. Right, so the final score, James was on four, Jack's on five, Seth on one. There we so, go. So, uh, actually, yeah, I kind Jack, of like... Jack, I, well done. I pulled back on the uh, accelerator a bit too early then. You could have caught once, me up. Yeah, once Jack had clinched the title, you know, there was no need yeah, to so we try, just, really, was We it? just blitzed through that quiz. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Premier League team that's won the Premier League with six weeks to go. <laughs> so who won the last episode, though? I mean, I never. Was that you as well? I, no, I never. I don't know. It could have been. Yes, it was like, like two no, years ago. We'll, so yeah. <laughs> we'll tell you when we record episode three. It was a three. different world back then. To it be was. Fair. We had no idea what coronavirus was or anything. So who knows? Well, we did. It was really yeah. news, but I just thought. No, it wasn't. It, it was, was February. It was February twenty twenty. But was, that wasn't when we recorded. We it recorded. Was. It might it have been. It was. It was early two thousand. Oh, it was, seriously. Oh, we, it right. was in the news, but I just thought, oh, it's something that's happening in China. It's overhyped. It's going to be like swine yeah. flu. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, like Boris was saying, you know, inject me with it on live TV. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shaking hands in everyone in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Wait, you got, and then got, you got, got it. it. Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre, wasn't it? <laughs> I was in a hospital ward yeah, earlier. Yeah, shaking hands with like COVID patients. It all seemed a bit too, like... Uh, well, I'm not going to go into my COVID because yeah, yeah. 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 leave that. Leave yeah. that. I should have had it now. I'm in hospital. And... <laughs> All right, you just said you're not going to. Okay. <laughs> Quick little sit down. Energy back into it. Yeah, and I think it. this probably stands up as probably. I would say the best structured episode in the second series. I don't know what you guys think. I think so, yeah. yeah. Like, structured and it's like, a, as you say, it's almost a microcosm <clears throat> of the whole thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because yeah. It, it almost encapsulates everything that, it sets the stage for everything that series two and the rest yeah. of it is about. It's not, it's not hands down the funniest episode. No, I was just going to say it's not the funniest, but yeah. But it's it's perhaps the best in terms of it's the most important in series two. Yeah, and, all right, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, most important for Andy, most important for the show, the yeah. most development with Darren and, and structurally and that ending, like I said, that ending could have just been like the goodbye to extras, and then you could have it would have felt appropriate. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. If you told someone to just watch one episode of series two and not bother with the whole thing, you'd yeah, probably say that one. Would this you? is a great episode. Yeah, for yeah, like, yeah. yeah. like a, a gateway episode for yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, but obviously next week we've got the Daniel Radcliffe episode, which is probably funnier in a lot of ways. It's definitely funny. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's brilliant. But the thing, like, <laughs> the weird thing about this episode is the title doesn't give you any clue to what actually happens in the episode. No, no. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is so irrelevant to it, really. Yeah, you don't associate yeah. what, da- what the storyline with Daniel Radcliffe with. Well, in fact, because he does his own thing. In fact, he's, yeah, yeah. it's like with Orlando Bloom, his storyline is more with Maggie, isn't it? Yeah, you think of, he's slightly shoehorned into the whole thing. Um, yeah. Which starts to happen a little bit with the guest stars, but I didn't yeah. mind that because it's like, who's it going to be this week? This one, of... Yeah, this one's got loads of people because this is about the sort of the, the next one's about the trappings of, of fame and what happens if you get on the wrong side of the media, and he gets yeah. to start a little taste for that. Yeah. So he's got Nick Ferrari slagging him <laughs> oh, off on LBC. Yeah. He's got bloody Richard and Judy that he goes to this meet. This is the thing. If, it, if, it was called, if, if the episode was called Richard and Judy, then straight away I'd go, oh, I know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the um, the journalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so brilliant. He's such a funny character. He's like David. Talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that one next week. Looking forward yes, to anyway. that. But it's all bangers now coming up. So what we got coming up? So we've got the Daniel Radcliffe slash Richard and Judy episode yep. next. And then is it Ian McKellen after that? We've got no, no, the awards ceremony. Oh yeah, Bafters. the Christmas well, what Money they call Chris Corbin. Martin, but really it's kinda of, it's the all-star BAFTA specialist. Yeah. Which I think is my I think is my favourite episode of Extras. Oh yeah. So okay. again, bang Brilliant. Then we got Ian McKellen. Yeah. Which I'm not such a big fan of, but we'll discuss that. But later. I think that's great. But you're still, I think, still talking about the episode. I, I think it's just too <laughs> I, I it's a little bit too silly, but, but we'll, I think, we'll get to it. But I think McKellen's performance in that is one of one of one of honestly genuine. 
genuinely one of the greatest screen performances I've ever seen. So again, a banger. And then, and then we've got and the finale. The De Niro De one. De Niro, which yeah. is, I, that's my favourite action in this series. Because oh, you've yeah. got De Niro, you've got Wassi, you've got... Oh, uh, what's his name from my uh, family? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Lindsay. Robert, Robert Lindsay. Lindsay. <laughs> Robert Fuck Lindsay. off. <laughs> Robert Lindsay's the best player. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's I often yeah. forget about Robert Lindsay's cameo. Again, they should call yeah. it Robert Lindsay, yeah. not Robert De Niro. He's so good. Because Robert De Niro's in it for about 17 seconds, and he says about three words. Yeah, exactly. But again, they've gone for the the transcendent character there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. we've actually got Robert De Niro. It's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was watching that David Bowie episode with someone, and I th- and they said to me, someone who didn't know extras, I actually watched that episode with someone who didn't know extras, and they said to me, is that David Bowie? They actually said that at the end yeah, of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, they've actually got him. Like, well, that's the kind of thing you get in those yeah, kind yeah. of things. He's really so in the, the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we spoke at the beginning about how Bowie is probably the most major star they got. And I yeah. don't disagree. I'm not, I'm not backtracking. But I forgot they had De Niro, actually. And I remember while I was watching that, we'll get into this when we do the finale, but I remember throughout the finale, because they kept teasing De Niro, I've got to be yeah. De Niro. I was like, they've never got him. I, this is, I was like, this is going to be a joke. They're never actually going to have got De Niro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Partridge when he's waiting on... Um, Roger Moore. Roger yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like us when we, when we were saying we got your base and then he turned up bizarrely but yeah. he's on nice. the north circular he'll be yeah. here yeah. in 20 minutes Hello. Ricky Ricky what's Ricky Gervais doing here it's mental what's Ricky Gervais doing on a podcast <laughs> he's on yeah, fucking loads of podcasts <laughs> on our podcast right. well, yeah, what's he doing on our podcast? Yeah, so yeah. we'll talk about the Daniel Radcliffe one next week yeah. but uh, thank you all for listening and please remember to rate, review and subscribe if you haven't already done so and we'll see you guys next week yeah they're going to be yeah. as, as you probably know now they're going to be more consistent yeah. week after week I know it's been a, it's been a long gap but we're back so long man but we're back and we're back in business they're coming out weekly so we'll see you all next week yeah ta-ra <laughs> ta-ra for now <laughs>